What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Tuesday, November 28th, 20 and 23. And the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock, talking plenty of Texas football. Steve Sarkeesian met with the local media yesterday in advance of this weekend's Big 12 championship game. What did Sark have to say about Oklahoma State? Plus, the newest college football playoff rankings come out tonight. What are some potential nightmare scenarios for the Longhorns? Also, some SEC schedule dates for 2024 have been released. We'll let y'all know about those. We'll talk some NFL. We had a coach get fired in the NFL yesterday. We also saw Bucky's Minnesota Vikings lose a game to the freaking Chicago Bears last night. And we'll have some fun along the way. A lot to get to over the next couple of hours this Tuesday morning. What's going on, Buck? I am doing great, my friend. Doing great. I watched that game for a quarter, and then I said, that's it. Why don't you do something really productive and go get some rest? Go get some sleep. Because that, quite frankly, was so boring on both sides of the ball. That just – I mean, I didn't want to see a defensive battle on Monday night. I want to see the balls thrown all over the place. Those two quarterbacks just struggling, and the defenses were in their face on every snap. There was somebody in the guy's face, and, you know, Justin Fields kind of hung in there. Other dude did not last night. It was it was sad. It really, really was sad last night. That was a sad game. If you stayed up for the entirety of that game, which I'm, I'm you probably did, you probably I watched did. it to the bitter end, that was, that was a sad Monday night tilt or Thursday night tilt or – you know, turkey day till that was just bad football. It was. And it did feel like a Thursday night game, right? We've had it so did. many duds on Thursday night this year that even though that game was played on a Monday, obviously, it kind of felt like a Thursday. And, yeah, that was painful. I mean, the Bears won a game without scoring a touchdown, right? They had four field goals, and that was enough to beat Minnesota last night. The Vikings have lost their last two games, Buck, and they've given up a total of one touchdown in those two games. And they're 0-2 in that stretch. And you brought up the quarterback. Yeah, Josh Dobbs. His Lynn Sanity run is over. Yeah. And that guy got traded from Arizona to Minnesota for a sack of potatoes. And for his first couple of weeks in Minnesota, he was like incredible. Oh, he was. was Vikings won. Yeah, they won like three games in a row. And he was electrifying and he was fun to watch. And it was one of the best stories in the NFL. But Josh Dobbs has come crashing down to earth over the last couple of weeks, and we now realize why he's been a journeyman over the course of his career. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have great receivers to throw the ball to without Jefferson playing. I mean, he just doesn't. I mean, you know, they can they can hone in on the rookie, and outside of that, that's it. And if they don't throw the ball to the tight end, they don't have any twos and threes at wide receiver. They've got a they've got a nice two, uh, but that's it. The kid that came from USC. But other than that. There's nobody else that stands out for you. There really isn't. You know, you can't dump the ball off. You know, Dalvin Cook no longer plays there. So there's nobody to come out of the backfield to catch the football for him either. So it's it's just boring. I, I like the way their defense is playing still. You know, I yeah. mean, they don't give up a lot of points. But no. they don't score a lot either, so that doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible that they could lose a game without giving up a touchdown. Justin Fields lost a couple of fumbles in the second half. I mean, Minnesota had chance after chance after chance, but Josh Dobbs had four interceptions last night. Four they of were them. bad. I mean, the one on the sideline in cover two, 
where he tried to throw it in between the, the, the two deep safety and the cornerback, and it just didn't have enough on it. I mean, the kid went up, Johnson, I believe, and intercepted the ball. That dude could have had about four interceptions himself last night. Yeah. In the first couple quarters, he could have had about four interceptions. It was awful. Yeah, they did drop a couple of picks, too, in addition to the four that they had. So, uh, yeah, ugly game last night. I mean, watching paint dry would have been more productive than watching Monday Night Football last night. And you know how uh, you know Josh Dobbs does some work with NASA, right? He's an aerospace engineer. Oh, yeah, he, that's his gradu- he graduated with a degree in aerospace, technology, engineering, whatever. I think it's just – Relax the back – chairs in space or whatever he had i don't know if he's done any work with relax the back but <laughs> if he's smart he'll have a relax the back chair oh no. for sure but no his uh his nickname is the pastronaut because ah. you know, he's a quarterback and he's done some work with nasa pass well, me not last night yeah well he's now the astronaut with two s's in s He's going yeah. from pastronaut to astronaut with the way that he played on Monday Night Football last night. Yeah, and generally he can run and escape. He wasn't going anywhere last night. No, no. And the Bears, Bears suck. Bears, play, Bears suck, but they play pretty, you know, tough defense. They got a couple defensive linemen. I mean, kids sweat that they got, you know, in uh, the, the trade deadline. I mean, that guy's a beast. Yeah, he is. He is. You give the Bears credit. Uh, they were pressuring Josh Dobbs all night. Obviously, they had four interceptions, so they deserve some love for what they were doing. But I, I can't sit here and act like Chicago is a good team. No. I mean, they're four and eight right now. I don't even know if they should be trying to win these football games, right? Because the good news for them is they've got Carolina's first round pick. And if the season ended today, that would be the number one pick in the NFL draft. So, they can get their quarterback, assuming they want to move on from Justin Fields. And it sure as hell feels like we've seen enough from Justin Fields now to know that uh, he ain't the right guy no. in the shy. But, uh, yeah, you know, they still obviously have their own first-round pick. And it's probably better for them to lose games at this point, considering they're 4-8 and eight and they're clearly out of the playoff picture. But, uh, hey, you play a division rival, you get to beat them in their house, and you stick a dent in their postseason chances i guess not the worst thing in the world for the bears yeah they had a 77 percent chance the vikings of getting to the playoffs and now they just that thing's gonna the teams that they've got to play along the way it's not going to work out for them they just they just don't have enough offense and if jefferson's not going to why is he going to rush back he said he wasn't coming back till he was 100 percent. he's not coming back at 80 percent like some guys come back he's already told them not until i'm 100 percent will i come back it's mm-hmm. already been seven weeks He'll be opting out for the rest of the season then. Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Seven weeks? Yeah, yeah. The Vikings 6-6 six and six right now. They've got the seventh and final playoff spot in the NFC. Uh, they're a half game up over Green Bay, L.A., and the New Orleans Saints right now. It's not a super deep NFC. I mean, honestly, you've got four teams that are good in the NFC. It's Philadelphia, who, of course, has the best record in football. It's San Francisco. And, oh, by the way, uh, those two teams play this weekend. Yes. And San Francisco is a road favorite in the city of Brotherly Shove on Sunday, which I find fascinating. But those two teams, obviously the Cowboys, and you've got the Detroit Lions, and then everybody else in the NFC is a pretender right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can understand them being – what are, are they a three-point favor or two-and-a-half? It was three yesterday. I'm looking at the line now, and it's two-and-a-half. Yeah, I, I, I can see it. They – I mean, with the other, with the other guy at the other defensive end with Bozo, that just 
is just too scary. Jalen Hurts right now, that knee, you can tell he doesn't have the explosion that he that he used to have, but he's got probably 80% more explosion than any other quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's at – when he escapes right now, he's he's more like Dak Prescott, you know, than Jalen Hurts when he, when he leaves the pocket. He just doesn't have that ability to outrun anybody. Now, he's still a powerful son of a gun. Like, if you meet him at the three-yard line and you're a secondary guy, you're going into the end zone. He's taking you with him. Mm-hmm. He may not – he may not have to make you miss. He may just go take you bone on bone and take you for a ride, you know, because of his lower body strength. But he's not the same right now. He's hurting. That knee has, bo- has bothered him. And his and his ability to get away from guys and pull away from guys, you can just see that. I mean, he maneuvers well enough in the pocket, and he's got he's got a great arm. But right now, his, his, the key to him is his leg power. Now, he can still shove it in there at the one. Don't think for a second – that they still won't shove it in from the one or two yard line because they're still doing it. He's got enough strength. I said his 80% is probably better than most of the NFL quarterbacks right now. So yeah, uh, I, I can just tell he just doesn't move. He's not as fluid. He doesn't make guys miss as clean. They can get him now. They can get to him. Yep. I am uh, doing some technical stuff on the app right now, getting a few Very nice. saying the audio is a little bit low. So uh, if y'all could keep giving me some feedback on the – Codex line, 512-222-9328. Let me know if what I'm doing is working. I'm trying a couple of different things. By the way, good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you very much for what you do. It is appreciated, and please be safe out there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, so Monday Night Football was a joke. If you watched that, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm glad that I had stuff to do while watching that game, so I wasn't. Super <laughs> you wouldn't have, in. you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have been so locked locked in. You'd have been in bed if you didn't have stuff to do. You would have stayed up to watch that. Man. No, no. Even even before the game started, I knew that game had potential to be horrible, and uh, boy, it didn't even live up to what I thought it was going to be. No kidding. One of the worst games of the NFL season. It's a game that set football back decades. Yeah, I thought and, Jordan Addison would at least get loose. You know, they tried to get him loose on the, the first play of the game, that bomb down the middle, and he almost made a great catch. It was a, yeah. it was a good defensive play. It was almost a great catch. It was the most exciting play of the whole night the, for that, the first bomb, and that was it. From that point on, I didn't see anything that excited me whatsoever. God. Because by the time halftime was over, I was, I was out. There was one play in the second half where Jordan Addison broke free. Like the Bears' DB slipped, and Addison was wide open along the left sideline. And Josh Dobbs just threw it out of bounds. Like oh. I think part of it was on Jordan Addison. I think he just kind of forgot where he was on the football field. And if he knew where he was, he could have maybe done a uh, toe tap along the left sideline. But it was a throw that sort of led him out of bounds. And Addison kind of lost where he was. And what should have been an easy touchdown for the Vikings turned out to be an incomplete pass, and it was just a microcosm of their entire night. Uh, I would have, I would have rather watched Iowa. Oh no, that's how bad it was last night. Man, dude. oh man. Yep, 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 yep. So there's your uh, Monday night football fix, um, and uh, the next NFL game we'll see is Seahawks Cowboys on Thursday night football. So hopefully a Thursday night football game that isn't a dud. The Cowboys obviously playing great football right now. They're eight and three. Uh, but Dallas still has not beaten a team with a winning record right now. So uh, I don't know if Seattle would qualify as a signature win or a statement win because the Seahawks are 
a game over 500 and they've kind of come crashing down to earth over these last few weeks. So I don't really think anybody views them as a contender, but still this would be a, a nice win for the Cowboys if they could find it on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot going on on, th- on uh, in Arlington this week, because you've got the Cowboys hosting the Seahawks on Thursday. And of course you've got the Longhorns taking on Oklahoma state in the big 12 championship game on Saturday. Steve Sarkeesian met with the Austin media yesterday talking about this game. Here's a little bit of Sark's opening statement when meeting with the assembled media. In the last 27 years here at Texas, there's only been three conference championships. Uh, And so we we don't take this lightly. Uh, We know the challenge that it is to, A, make it to the game, and then, B, to ultimately win that game. Uh, So to be the fourth team to do it here in 27 years would, would be a heck of a deal if we could get it done. Um, but we also know it's a great challenge. Um, you know, Oklahoma State's a very good football team. Uh, got a ton of respect for Coach Gundy and what he's been able to do this year. Um, you know, after kind of getting out to a two and two start, making kind of a philosophical change, especially offensively, uh, to go seven and one in their last eight games. Um, you know, a very a, a very good team and making adjustments. Uh, they're a great second half team when things aren't going their way. Most notably, the last couple weeks, their their ability to adapt to the game. And so we know it's going to be a four-quarter game. Uh, we know it's going to be a, a heck of a challenge for us. But I think our guys are, are, are up for the challenge. Um, you know, the, the one thing with this group that I'm coming to find out is it's kind of business as usual. You know, I was you, you walk in, you don't feel something different in the air in the sense of, you know, the guys are focused and they want to be dialed into the plan, but it's kind of business as usual. So that's uh, that's how the week will go, and it won't be any different from a travel perspective and things of that nature. So um, looking forward to it. There you go. Yep. Just It's just that, just that simple. You're getting ready for a championship game, and, yeah, uh, Oklahoma State, he did go philosophical change. The philosophical change is, hey, we can't throw the ball, and we've got the best one of the best runners in the nation. Maybe we should run the ball a lot yeah. with this dude. And it's worked because Holly Gordon yeah. has been one of the most productive runners in college football this season, and there's a strong argument that he should win the Doak Walker Award given out to the nation's top running back. You look at Alan Bowman's stats. Uh, by the way, if Alan Bowman's name sounds familiar, well, he was the starter at Texas Tech for a couple of years. Oh, he drank the water. So Texas has seen him. And remember when the Longhorns had that crazy comeback in Lubbock? I think they won like 63 to 56 in overtime. He was Back the QB in- for that deal? Yeah, and he, you know, Tech had like a 14-point lead with less than five minutes oh, yeah. left. And there are videos of Alan Bowman doing the horns down and then Texas came back and forced overtime and then won it in OT in the COVID year in Lubbock. Oh, get you some horns down, huh? Yeah, so that's uh, – if you remember the name Alan Bowman, that's probably why you remember it. He started his career at Texas Tech. Then he transferred to Michigan where he didn't play at all. He was in Ann Arbor for a couple of years, and then this is his first year at Oklahoma State. So I, the guy has been in college for a long time. Oklahoma State is his third stop. You look at his numbers this year, like you would expect a guy with that much college experience, and he's got some starting experience under his belt too. You would expect him to have some pretty solid numbers, especially considering the fact that his team is playing for a conference championship this weekend. How about this for Alan Bowman on the season? Completing 59% of his passes, 6.8 yards per attempt. He's got 10 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. 
He's got wow. more picks than passing touchdowns this year. Yeah, that and if he and if it wasn't for the Presley kid, he'd have nobody to throw it to. Right. And I mean, it's wow. not like Alan Bowman's a runner either. He's got 24 oh, no. rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns this season. So he is a pocket passer that ain't doing a great job passing from the pocket this no. year. So that's that's the good news for Texas because I know the secondary was incredible against Texas Tech. It's still clearly the weakest link on this football team. Alan Bowman, and God, I might be eating my words on Sunday for saying this, but he is not a top five quarterback that the Longhorns have seen this season. He is not the type of guy that should be able to have a ton of success through the air against this group. No, if you stop this running game, you've got it all, you've got it all figured out, and then you force him to throw some balls up for grabs because he'll throw you an interception or two or six if you let him. If you pressure him, he'll let it. He's not escaping you and taking off and going anywhere with the football. No. So that that should be the number one number one goal is to stop Ollie Gordon, and you have to do a lot to do that. I mean, it's I mean, yeah, you're you're the best in the nation when it comes to stopping the run. But let me tell you something. This guy is a cut. This is like no other running back that you've seen this year. You've seen a couple really good ones that never got really cranking, but this guy can hurt you in every quarter of the football game, he, and he will play hurt. He will play banged up. He will lull you into thinking, oh, he's banged up. You know, he's limping a little bit. He'll go back to the huddle. They'll give him the ball, and that guy will run a 4-3 into the end zone somewhere from 60 yards away. I mean, that's what kind of that's what yeah. kind of player he is. That's what kind of running back he is. And he will go through you. You think that guy last week would pepper you, the kid from Texas Tech? This guy right here will absolutely pepper you with speed, too. Yeah, he's a little faster than Taj Brooks. Yeah. He's not as big as Taj Brooks, but he is big and he is tough to bring down. And he's got eight rushing touchdowns in the last two games. Ollie Gordon got skunked by UCF. Everybody on Oklahoma State got skunked yes, by UCF. Did. And that random-ass 45-3 to loss for the Pokes in Orlando. But, yeah, in the last two weeks, a 43-30 to win over Houston and then the crazy double overtime, six-point win over BYU. Yeah, Ollie Gordon has combined for – eight touchdowns, and he gets a ton of carries. He had 34 carries against BYU for 166 yards and five scores. And obviously, OSU needed all five of them to get that win. So, yeah. Everybody t- not- remember, as I say, everybody will test Texas in the run game because yeah. they want to make sure that you're really up for the up for the task, uh, stopping the run. This group, even if they don't have success, it will continue to do that. That's their only way to win. Yeah, I mean – that, like to me, Oklahoma State's just a better version of Texas Tech. That's why yeah. I'm not really scared of this matchup that much. Like Mike Gundy's a way better coach than Joey McGuire, and Ollie Gordon, you could argue, is better than Taj Brooks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go way better because Taj Brooks is really effing good. Uh, but Oklahoma State's offensive line is better. Like Oklahoma State's better than Texas Tech this year. Yes. But like that's that's what Texas Tech did. And Texas Tech, I thought they were going to try to throw to set up the run a little bit more, but they didn't, and it didn't work. I know Taj Brooks had a couple of good runs early in that game, but for the most part, Texas kept him in check, and obviously Texas's defense kept Texas Tech in check, holding them to just seven points yes. in two minutes. So uh, I, I kind of like this matchup for the Longhorns. Once again, Oklahoma State's better than the Red Raiders, but it, it feels like a lot of what OSU does well is what Texas Tech does well. And it feels like what a lot of OSU struggles with is what Texas Tech struggled with. Yeah, and, I, this is a game for the Quinn Ewers and the wide receiver group should have a field day. Yeah. They should. They can run the ball with some consistency. They don't have to be – it doesn't have to be an overabundance of run in this game. 
that secondary is not real good. They don't go against pretty any any good players during the course of the week at their practices. They don't. And they're not that good in the secondary. Yeah. You can get after that group. You know, you get your yeah. run game going a little bit. Quinn yours, these wide receivers, the tight ends, everybody, screens, everything you want in the passing game should be there for you. You should be able to get get out to a nice lead up in Arlington and then have them try to play catch up. And their their catch up is they'll still run the ball. Well, they've been catching up in yes. the last couple of weeks. So that maybe is a scary thought for Texas fans. Now, obviously, the Longhorns were able to keep their foot on the gas for all four quarters against Texas Tech, right? There was no let up at all uh, for the Longhorns against the Red Raiders. But no, they were scoring when they should have been taking a knee. Come on, nah, man. No, they should not have been taking a knee. <laughs> Come on. What about the Texas Tech there, Harbaugh? We need we need the resume. Forget Come the on, Harbaugh. Shit. No, I'm glad Sark did that, man. And we had to get Arch Manning some reps, you know? <laughs> of course. Had yes. to. He'll he'll need that for next year. And Burt Auburn had already made five field goals. What, we need him to kick a sixth? No, no. Just go for it on fourth down on that final drive and put it in the end zone one more time. You definitely don't want your kicker as your, your best offensive player. No. No, you don't want that to happen, ever. No, 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 no. no. Unless it's a winning field goal. Exactly. Well, I don't want that to be what's happening on Saturday because no. Texas is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. It would be a little disappointing with all that the Longhorns are playing for. Of course, not just a Big 12 title if this game came down to the foot of Burt Allbird. Now, we'd feel good about him making that kick because he's made 19 in a row, but you hope you're not in that situation. But my point was, like, yes, Texas has let some leads get away from them in the second half of these games. Oklahoma State's been a very good second-half team this year uh they were down early by a lot in houston they came back and won that game by a couple of scores and they were down 24 to 6 at halftime against byu and came back and won that game so texas significantly better than houston significantly better than byu it's a different beast for oklahoma state this saturday but uh, there have been a few instances this year even the oklahoma game too where yeah osu is trailed early and they've had to come back in the second half to win some of these games. Obviously, on the other side, we know the Longhorns haven't been great in the second half of the second half of the season. But, but the, as, as we said about this game last week, they're starting to reach that crescendo a little bit right now where they're playing four quarters of football. That, that, was, a, that was a good thing to see last week. They could have played three quarters and still won that game, obviously, last week. But they played four quarters of, of football they were bringing in substitutes in the early in the fourth quarter. They just they were just playing, and they oh. were just scoring and having fun doing it. Yeah, it was so embarrassing for Texas Tech. I mean, Baron Morton played every snap for the Red Raiders. I know like, Texas was bringing in its second and third teamers, and Tech left like most of its starters in, and Texas was still kicking their ass. Yeah, Texas was forcing turnovers. They were scoring with a freshman quarterback, basically 91-yard drives on, really? I know, 91-yard, eight-minute drives with backup offensive linemen in and backup receivers and a third-string quarterback. And, ah, just glorious for me, awful for Texas Tech. It's like Joey McGuire was trying to stop the bleeding a little bit by leaving his starters out there, and even those guys couldn't run with Texas's depth. Oh, no. It's been six quarters of great football for Texas. It's not just – what happened on Black Friday? Like they, you know, the first half against Iowa State, I thought Texas played well, but you know, they were only up six to three. They looked snake bitten on offense. But the second half of that game, 
they kind of imposed their will on Iowa State, and then obviously that carried over to this past weekend. So you're right. I mean, you want to be playing your best football yes. at this time of the year, and it kind of feels like Texas is playing its best football at this time of the year. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, well, we're hoping they have a couple more games to do just that, you know, yeah. to, to really get it cranked up. And now, now they're using, you know, they're, obviously they don't have Jonathan Brooks, but they're using numerous running backs, and they're all playing well. The offensive yeah, line is, is, is blocking well for the run. That was, as I said last week, the blue touchdown was just a gigantic hole. I mean, he had to hesitate just a second because it was so wide open. I, I think he was looking for guys thinking somebody's got to be in this hole. This thing can't be like this, can it? Well, it was. And they had a few holes like that during the course of that game. And that, that is good to see. As I said there, Sark has given himself, you know, with this offense, real opportunities for some running backs to, to have two-way goes running this counter. And, and nobody's stopping the counter right now. Nobody seems to understand what they need to do. You know, nobody's getting in the hip pocket of the guys that are, that are uh, vacating areas on the offensive line. They're blocking back. They're blocking not only their guy, but when they block back, they block into the next guy. He can't get in the hip pocket of the, of the vacating offensive lineman. So they either get to kick out the end of the line or they get to hook them, and the backs are going inside. They're having two-way goes, and that's what you want. You want to give young backs a two-way go. If he gets kicked out, you're underneath. If he gets hooked, you're outside. And they've got the speed, and, and, and they're running this. And they're not running this counter like every once in a while. They get in a series, and they run this thing two or three times during the course of a series. And that looks great. I mean, it's like, okay, if you're not stopping it, here it comes again. Yeah. If I mean, I remember that. I remember that play well. Sure. And Texas has had three guys run for 100-plus yards in games this season. And I'll give the offensive line a lot of love. Like, I, I've been critical of this O-line group this year. They haven't been as consistently good as I would have liked. But uh, since Jonathan Brooks went down with injury, that group has picked it up. And they've definitely played their best football of the season. So, uh, yeah, they, they created those holes. And I'll give Jane Blue some love on that 69-yard touchdown like you're talking about. He could have bounced it way outside. Sure, yes. And when you're as fast as that guy is, it's got to be tough to not always want to bounce it outside. And just, most young uh, backs like to bounce outside. They like to think they can outrun everybody, which he can. Yeah, bingo, right? You avoid the contact. You turn it into a foot race. You think you're the fastest guy on the field. But that wouldn't have worked in that play. Like no. Jaden Blue kept it inside, picked the right hole, and then – turned on the afterburners and was able to uh, outrun everybody to the end zone. But I'll give, obviously, the O-line a bunch of credit for paving the way. But Jaden Blue, for a young kid, I know he's, he's been with the program for a couple of years, but still, he doesn't have a lot of in-game experience. Right. For him to uh, read it correctly and then hit the hole hard with speed and then obviously turn on the acceleration, uh, that was really, really cool to see. Yeah. So, yeah, this running back room is is pretty damn good right now, man. It, cer- it certainly is. And, and they understand what the running game is all about with them right now, too. They've got, you know, they've got Baxter as the thumper. And I hope he's okay. I hope he, I mean, he whatever it is, it's going to hurt a little bit. But it's a championship game. Nobody cares about the bangs and the hurts right now. It's you got a championship game coming up. You know, you can limp your way through it if you have to, but you got to be ready to go. And yeah. he's got to be effective. He's got to be effective when he runs. If not, the other guys will. That's yeah. just that's just the way I look at it now. 
You know, I think they've got enough effective runners all the way until their third back or their fourth back. So this is a game that, I mean, all hands on deck, limping or not limping, you got to be ready to play in a championship game. It was pretty cool that, I mean, Savion Red and Trey Wisner, who are like the fifth and sixth running backs on right. this team, ran for a combined 130-something yards. Like, you've got all sorts of depth in that running back room. Uh, let's hear from Sark, an injury update from yesterday. This is pretty short, and we've got some positive updates on a couple of guys, but I think uh, there is a glaring omission, which should be considered good news if you're a Texas Just fan. a little bit of an injury update. Um, you know, Watts and um... – Austin Jordan will be uh, questionable here for Saturday. Um, Xavier will be will be good to go, and, and Malik Murphy practiced today as well. So uh, feel good about those two guys. So C.J. Baxter's name wasn't even mentioned there, which which means I mean, he's which means that just get used to it. Every time he gets hit, he's coming up limping, y'all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not necessarily hurt, but he's going to come up lame. A lot well, of guys do. I mean, that's that's the youth in him, but. As long as he shows up for the next game, as long as they win the game that he's in and then shows up for the next game, you can limp all you want. You can limp around, you know, limp around campus all week long. Who cares? If you show up for the game and you're ready to go, that's fine. Yep, and Sark not mentioning him there tells us that he will be playing. Now, sure. Sark did mention that C.J. Baxter was dealing with a hip pointer. He said this on Saturday, on Friday, excuse me, after the game and did say that C.J. Baxter could have come back into that game if they needed him, but obviously the Ooh, that's no fun for a running it. back, a hip pointer. Mm. You know, no you fun think those, for anybody. No. Oh my goodness. That that's one of those ones that when you cough or you sneeze, that, that one hurts when you put your belt on and tighten it up, that one hurts. It is the worst. It's the worst injury. I mean, you take a deep breath and especially if you cough or, or, or somebody just comes near you, you want everybody's hands away from you. You're having to pad that thing up, man. And that's one of those ones that stays around for a while, too. That one doesn't go away because it never gets a chance to rest because there's always somebody who's going to hit you in that area. I don't think I've ever had one of those before. Oh. I played football for one year, so I sure as hell wasn't getting it playing football. Well, you can get that from a night at 6th Street. Uh, yeah, well, it's just your hip hurts a lot. So there's a that little bone on the side of your hip right there, that right there, they call that the pointer right there. I don't have one of those. Yeah, Jews don't have that bone. You've got that bone right there. It's right. You can just feel it. That thing stays so tender, BK, and it's it's a bone bruise, and it's awful. Mm. I got mine, you know, when I was in the full house. That's when I got my first hip pointers when the great Ross Brown had decided enough of me grabbing him by the leg and trying to tackle him at, at 170, and he was 275. He said, the next time you grab me, I'm going to I'm going to kick the shit out of you. I thought he was going to fight me. Okay, I would have given up that guy getting kicked out of the game. Well, he actually kicked me right in the hip. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like, I told you when I was laying down there going, oh, oh. He said, I told you I was gonna, what I was going to do to you. I said, I thought you were going to kick the shit out of me. And not really kick the shit out of me. He kicked me with his pointed toe. Back in the day, there was, I don't know what those were, nasty Adidas Black Adidas shoes made out of just lead. Oh, did that hurt? That thing lasted for four weeks. The hip you know, pointer. No it is. Oh no, it is a bone bruise and it's awful. I'm doing some more tweaking to the app here. There you go, man. I know. Sorry about this app, listeners. It went from, oh, we can only hear BK, but we can't hear Bucky. To now, we can only hear Bucky, but we can't hear BK. So. 
doing something that hopefully resolves this issue. If it doesn't work, please let me know. Apologies for uh, whatever the hell is, is going on. Oh, you need both of us, Chris, because less of you people is a good thing. More of us is a great thing. I'd rather them hear you than hear me. So that's nah. that's the more important thing here. Oh, it's championship week. I'm used to that. I have was a part of the first Big 12 championship. I don't yes, have were. I don't have the equipment to show it because I've thrown the ring away somewhere, which is now making me want to get that ring again, you know. Yeah. I'm well, thinking about it. Sark said it in the opening statement that I mean Texas is trying to win its fourth conference championship in the last 28 years. Like that's kind of sad. Obviously, we're happy to be in the spot in the here and the now, but uh, it just goes to show you how disappointing things have been really for the last 12 to 13 years. Obviously, the Longhorns were competitive and they were close a number of times uh, in the early stages of the Big 12. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's been bad around these parts. So it's cool. Enjoy it, Texas fans. Obviously, uh, it will sting if you don't win. Uh, it will feel like the season's a bit of a waste if you can't find a way to get it done. And then even if you do win, there might be some disappointment if Texas doesn't find its way into the college football playoff. But uh, right now in the moment, stop and smell the roses a little bit because we have not had a year like this since 2009. Think about what you were doing in 2009, Buck. I mean, I was, I was 15. I couldn't drive a car the last wow. time Texas won a conference championship. Now, they obviously played for one in 2018, and I could drive one then. But the uh, last time Texas won 11 games in the regular season, the last time, obviously, they won the Big 12, I was 15 years old. So it's it's cool to finally be in this spot. I feel like we deserve this. I know a lot of people don't like to use the word deserve when we're talking about sports, but us fans feel like we deserve this for uh, putting up with what we put up through for the last decade and change. Oh, yeah, you put up through you put up with a, a, a bunch of different coaches. You put up with a lot of disappointment. But over the last three years, this thing has been building towards now moving on, not only from the Big 12, but into the best conference in college football. Yeah. The best. It won't get any better than what ha what starts next next year. And that schedule and, and uh, schedule for years to come and athletics at, at the highest level possible. It's it's going to be fantastic. And this is the way you want to go into that conference, too. As I said, you don't want to go into this conference as as Mississippi State. You want to be right there with the big dogs, you know, up front. And this is yep. a great opportunity to do that by leaving your conference with a conference championship Bingo. on the way out. Yep. This this is uh, look. Texas, I think, is going to be competitive in the SEC, right? I think this year has proven that. Uh, not only the fact that this team is 11-1 and one playing for the Big 12 title, but uh, the fact that Texas went on the road and beat Alabama by double digits. Uh, Texas, I think, has proven that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the SEC. But like you said, I mean, you got to call a spade a spade. The Big 12 is way worse than the SEC. Like, I, there's never going to be an instance. Maybe, maybe never is too strong. Maybe decades down the road. But I yes. – maybe never – where Texas is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in a conference championship game. I don't think that will ever happen in the SEC. It's going to be tough for Texas to just make it to the SEC title game, sure. considering how many good teams there are in that conference. But if they do get there, and they'll get there a few times, uh, they're not going to be a 14-and-a-half-point favorite because they're going to be playing Alabama or Georgia or LSU or Tennessee, you know, somebody a lot better than Oklahoma State. So this right. opportunity could not be more golden. And that's why a loss this Saturday, and I don't think it's going to happen for the record, and I'm almost mad at myself for even going down this path, but that's why a loss this Saturday would sting extra because it's not going to be this easy to win a conference championship once you make the move. Well, the, the recruiting will continue to, to, to get 
to stay strong, I believe. The coaching staff, I mean, Sark's done a great job of keeping his staff together. But, you know, when you start getting good, some of these guys, people start looking towards them as, as head coaches at other places. And a lot of guys get in the business to be head coaches. They, get, they, they like to have uh, ownership of their own team, you know. And some, some of those things will start to change as time goes on. But you just hope it doesn't change this year for sure as, as time goes on. You don't want to enter the SEC losing a bunch of guys. But always remember that, that these coaches are they're, – they're, they're a hot commodity – I mean, you're 11 and one. You're pretty hot right now. It doesn't get any hotter unless you win the national championship. But for for this group, some a bunch of these guys have done some fantastic jobs. So they're going to be looked at at some of these other schools. They may not be SEC types of school, but there'll be a lot of change. College football every year has a lot of change. You know, yeah. whether it's the players or the coaches or the assistant coaches. Assistant coaches become coordinators at other places. So. I mean that those things can happen to you. They don't, and nothing stays the same in college football. It really doesn't. Yeah, and, that's and a good thing. The way things are looking, and yeah, and it is a good thing. It's a yeah. good thing for the Longhorns that they've got this opportunity to win a Big Twelve championship on the way out, uh, and then enter into the best uh, football conference there is. So, and and I would say good luck to the teams that are coming from the Pac-12 into the Big Twelve conference because there are going to be some good teams rolling in here. Pac-12 got good all of a sudden in one year. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if the other teams were thinking, well, we're out of here. We don't care. But Pac-12 was, was played some pretty good football over the last two years. So yeah. the teams that will join the Big 12, that's good for the Big 12. I'm not mad at them. The Pac-12 was great early in the season, but USC fell off. UCLA fell off. Utah without Cam Rising fell off. No Col- doubt. Colorado obviously was trendy early on, and then they ended up going for it. Oregon and, State never got to where they needed to because their coach Oregon. had something else on his mind. Exactly. Oregon State's coach was hit, hitting up Brenda Tracy to try to get the job <laughs> in East Lansing. I don't know if that's how it worked. But, uh, yeah, look, Arizona is really good. They're one of the teams coming over. Uh, Utah is normally really good. And Cam Rising already said he's coming back for his 18th year. Wow. So they'll be good next year. Uh, Arizona State sucks. Colorado, you know, work in progress. We'll obviously sure. see what Coach Prime can do in year two. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not too worried about what's happening here. We'll be gone. We'll be gone. But I do like what you said about the coaches. Like, it would suck to lose some of these coaches from this coaching staff. Now, I think there are a couple of position coaches that maybe Longhorn fans would be okay with moving on from. But you think of Alabama and you think of Georgia. They, their coaching staffs gets po- uh, get poached every single year. Yes, they do. When you're Obviously good, that's what happens. Yeah, but when you're good, that's what happens. So you should want your coach, uh, other teams to want your coaches. That's yeah, nobody wants sucky, well. sucky teams' coaches. Exactly. Exactly. Exa- yeah, so no one was uh, offering Todd Orlando head coaching jobs after no. what he was doing here. No one was offering Vance Bedford head coaching jobs. No disrespect to those guys but I guess that was a little disrespectful, so I don't know if I can call that. Sorry about that, fellas. All right, we'll let you hear more from Steve Sarkeesian in a moment, but um, 40 minutes in, we haven't given love to any of our sponsors. Hey, we got to give some love to one of our our new uh, travel partners, and that would be uh, Good Stock Meats by Nolan Ryan. Uh, You know, it's my favorite butcher shop, BK. Now, I love a good butcher shop. I always have, you know, coming from um, the Midwest where – you know, they thought meat was king. Well, finding out meat is king right here in the state of Texas. And Good Stock has the best Nolan Ryan products. 
that are out there. They're in Round Rock off of Highway 79, right by the Dell Diamond, about a mile from the Dell Diamond going east, uh, if you're coming from I-35. And you're going to love the selections that they have. They have a great, great quality of Texas meats. And, of course, you not, might, may not know this, but they ship that Texas beef nationwide. They ship it all over the country. So if you want the best meat products, you can get it, and they will ship it to you. And they are a travel partner of ours, and they're celebrating the Big 12 championship game this week at Good Stock. And they're offering 12% off online orders with promo code BIG12, and that's the number 12, at checkout. And, folks, you can save 12% on all your entire online orders. That's 12% for this week on all your orders. So you can get that Good Stock meat right there. They're right beside uh, Tony C's Pizza and Beer Garden. Uh, so you can't miss it off of 79 there, not far from the Dell Diamond. But you're getting 12% off the entire order. GoodStockTX.com. That's where you go to, GoodStockTX.com and promo code BIG12. And I'm going to tell you, but you got to use, it's not 12. It's not the letters 12. It's big 12, dog. Yeah. Big nobody knows 12. Nobody knows how to spell 12. It that's better be thinking. the number. That's, that's what I'm thinking. It's just got to be the number, right? Of course it does. But they've got great meats there. I, I stop by there all the time, and, and I'm, I'm pretty far out in Dripping Springs. Now, anywhere in Texas, you can have that shipped to you. Anywhere in the world, you could have it shipped to you, which is, which is a good thing. There are folks that they're down in San Marcos. They may not want to make that drive. They'll have that meat shipped to their homes. But it's the best quality meats, whether it's ribeyes, T-bones, uh, tomahawks. And let me tell you that if you're the chicken lover, you know, I got some chicken there last time I was there, some chicken breasts. So I was excited about grabbing a couple uh, things of chicken breast while I was there. But I did get a fantastic ribeye uh, from Goodstock. Just go to t, uh, GoodstockTX.com, promo code BIG12. And, folks, you can save 12% all week long. That's right. It's championship, Big 12 championship week. And our good friends at GoodstockTX.com is the place that you want to go. You're not a butcher shop guy, but you're just getting ready to become one. You know, oh. you'll run off and grab meats at the meat, you know, at the meat part at HEB. They're okay, but they're not Nolan Ryan stock. It's well, not like that. Oh, I've got, I've got the website pulled up right now looking at some of the options on goodstocktx.com and i am hungry as shit <laughs> normally i'm not in the mood for steak at 8 42 in the morning but steak and eggs, am, brother i am now in the mood for steak man and i'm going out there either tomorrow today or tomorrow bring a cooler uh, yeah i might have to i might have to man that I meat that me. meat is delicious i mean it is it's it they've got the best and i the tomahawks are the one. By the way, when you're at a, a butcher shop and say you're you don't have to be a novice, but you're not quite sure how to cook it, how to prepare, you don't want to wreck a tomahawk for sure. If you're out that way, go by and talk to their butcher himself and let him tell you how to prepare this meat. Don't screw it up. I mean, I've screwed up more meat in my life, you mm. know, by not preparing it the right way. I had to have my doc trade try. How about me going to Doc Trey and having him act like a butcher to tell me how to cook a steak? Well, Trey's interviewed Aaron Franklin and a number of other barbecue. Oh, so he's oh, so he's the doctor of meat now. Yeah, he's the meat doctor. All right, That's I wouldn't say so that. He just relays information that he's heard from other people, so he knows more than most just because of the people he's talked to. I think he surrounds himself with good meat, folks. I say, yeah, our guy Eddie asks, "Why are you always drooling over meat?" Oh man, That's good meat. I like chicken too. Ribeyes, ribeyes used to be my my favorite when I was in Illinois. But I I like T bones. I like the I like the boned in stuff. 
you know, mm-hmm. the juices from that bone. It's it's fantastic. And they've got tons of it at good stock. Yes, As indeed. I said, you'll be going by there. You'll love it. I'm excited. I am excited. Shout out to them. Shout out to our friends at greatblueheronfurniture.com as well. They've got an awesome Black Friday sale going on on site as we speak. You can get up to 20% off your purchase from greatblueheronfurniture.com. So if you're in the market for a new couch, you should be in the market for a new couch. Let me tell you, look at what they've got on site and you'll be like, whoa, yeah, Uh, the most comfortable, the most stylish, and the best built furniture that you can find anywhere in the world can be found at greatblueheronfurniture.com. This stuff looks amazing and it is built to last you for decades. It's a longhorn owned company. Most of the manufacturing is done right here in the great state of Texas. So if you've been thinking about upgrading your home with some new furniture, the good news is the Black Friday sale is going on right now at greatblueheronfurniture.com. If you're watching on YouTube, just click the link in the video description below. It will take you right to our TSU collection. And of course, if you're listening on the app, if the app is working, uh, go to Texas Sports, uh, excuse me, greatblueheronfurniture.com. A big shout out to our good friends over at Sue Patrick. Sue Patrick and Jay Willems been around since 1975. Well, Sue's been around since before that, but of course they do a fantastic job. They're on Burnett Road, and they're 5222 Burnett Road. They have all kinds of Texas theme items, collectibles, accessories. All if you want to get your wardrobe all hooked up for going up to the Big 12 championship game, go by Sue Patrick's. I was there yesterday, BK, and they're waiting for that shipment of shirts that we helped them sell out. As a matter of fact, they're waiting for that. I'm, I'm, a lot of people ask, you know, Ricky Williams, Ricky wanted two of those bad boys. He said, I like this. This is a good-looking golf shirt, and it's just a good-looking shirt in general. They've got great items over there. And if you're looking for all those those holiday gifts, they have them just for you. Just go by Sue Patrick or SuePatrick's.com, of course, and find out, and they will get it to you. You can order online. They'll ship it to you. There's free parking, free shipping of uh, $50 or more but you're going to love the stuff that they have over there right now. I'm afraid if you go in there, you won't know what to do with yourself. You won't have any change left in the bank. You will spend all of your cash in there mm-hmm. on hoodies, shirts, pajamas, everything, socks. Yeah, I'll be over there next year. When I go out there and try to feed the homeless, they'll be wearing Longhorn socks. There That's you go. Funny. There you go. That's nice. Love the yeah, folks we- over there. It's true, Patrick. Hey, we got to recruit more fans. You know, we need the hobos rooting for the Longhorns. Can we get them an app? What do we need to get them first? Computer? Uh, probably a phone or a computer first to give them an app. Or could deal with AT&T for the homeless. What? They're just going to sell those phones, pawn it off for no, money. Not. Smokes. Yeah. What's the, what's the lady's name there on there? Who's oh, Lily the, from the AT&T commercial? Lily, yeah. Lily ought to be able to give away a few things. Shouldn't mm. she? She's making enough coin. She's the one who does those ads. She's the one who, who has uh, produced those ads. Why don't you give us, give me five hundred of them, and I'll get them to the homeless next year. Give yeah. them just a, give them a month with the phone. After a month, if they can't pay for it, you know, once again, I'll get bum raps going. They'll be able to pay for their phone. They can communicate to each other. Lily does have a few things that I wouldn't mind. If she <laughs> yeah, gave me. I bet I can tell you that much. Hey, uh, let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian. Buck, let me ask you this first before we get Sark's thoughts on this. Um, Were you at all disappointed that Oklahoma State won on Saturday? You know, obviously, if Oklahoma State lost, we were going to get a Red River rematch, and it would have been Texas OU Part 2. 
this Saturday. Are you at all upset that the Pokes found their way to a win against BYU? No, I wanted to play Oklahoma State. I don't want to play Oklahoma again. I don't want to play that quarterback again. I don't want to see our secondary drop back in coverage and drop eight guys back. I, I, why do I want to see that? They beat us. I mean, we got enough time to play them. We'll be playing them in the SEC. They'll still be our rival. They're not going any. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I want. To, I'm trying to get to the championship. I'm trying to win the championship. I don't. I want to play Oklahoma State. We didn't get a chance to play them at all. So it's a good way to give them a good assing on the way out, like we gave Tech last week. And Let me that ask was you this. That was what, an assing, wasn't it? Was, uh, it was an assing. A fifty point <laughs> assing right there. <laughs> Uh, so if it was Texas and Oklahoma playing this weekend, would you have picked Oklahoma to win? No. Okay. No, I would not have picked them to win. Hard yeah. to beat a team. I'll say this hard to beat a team twice in a, in a matter of months. It's just hard to do. And they got away with that win. It was a nice win for them. It was a good comeback. Texas almost gifted that. Speaking of assings, they just about gifted that game to them. I don't want to see them again. Their quarterback's too good compared to the one that they're going to face this week. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's better than Oklahoma State. There's no doubt. And even Oklahoma State beating them, no. I know know Oklahoma State won that game, but OU, I think, is a better football team. And uh, look, the the argument for wanting to play Oklahoma again, well, there are a few. Number one, you would get the chance to avenge your only loss of the season. Uh, Number two, you'd get the chance to beat your biggest rival and not let them have bragging rights for the rest of the year. Like, back to 2018, the last time Texas played for a conference championship – well, they beat Oklahoma in the regular season. That was the dicker, the kicker game. Yes. And Texas had bragging rights for like two months because, well, Oklahoma won the rematch in Arlington. So if Texas and OU would have played again and Texas got the win, then the Longhorns would have had bragging rights because oh, we beat you and we beat you in the more important one that won us the conference sure. championship. Also, in the eyes of the college football playoff committee, probably would have been better to beat Oklahoma because they're higher ranked than OSU. And obviously, that would give Texas the opportunity to avenge its only loss of the season. So. Yeah, I, th- I think for the for the, um, the the committee, they've got to look over the last two two weeks of of the, the Iowa State game and what happened there and that that drubbing, you know. And then they've got to look at the Texas Tech and say, wait a minute, that line that was, I mean, they have killed. We've killed the line. It's not even, you know, it's been kind of cruise control. And that committee's got to look at that and say, wait a minute, they they and they've won two games with their backup quarterback. Yeah, in the middle of the season, I mean that's hard to do. Whether you win by one or you win by a field goal, or if you had a twenty point lead and they came back, you still won those games with your backup. That's 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 good enough stuff right there. Now the chips just have to fall. Now I mean, I mean you only get to have four teams, and if you're number five, what are you going to do? Now it may help you. It may have helped you to beat Oklahoma for sure in that way, but you can only win so many. You don't get to. There's a lot of them you just don't get to play back. You don't get to put it on rice the way you should have by a hundred points. You don't get to put it on Wyoming with a, a bigger win. It's just the way, it, the way college football rolls out at the end, you know, so, certain things have to happen for certain teams to get in. And there's only four next year. It'd be different. But as of now, I think you've done everything you really can. And you've got an opportunity this week to go out with a big 12 championship win. And once again, it's, it'll be in somebody else's hand, the committee and, and how some of the other teams play. Yeah, well, here's Steve Sarkeesian. He was asked if he cared who the Longhorns played in the Big 12 championship, right? Somebody said, uh, did you want to play Oklahoma again? Here's uh, Sark giving his thoughts on that yesterday. It didn't matter. You know, I mean, at, at this point, at this stage, we and we've been on this kick all year. We've been focused on what, what, what we need to do and being enamored with what we need to do. Um, 
I think in a in an in a unique way, it's it's kind of fitting that we're playing Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game, knowing we didn't get an opportunity to play each other in the regular season. Um, with us leaving the Big 12 and some of the great games and the matchups that have been that have gone on kind of over the years and historically. So for us to be able to play in the Big 12 championship game, uh, it's kind of fitting, knowing hey, we're, we're going to be playing OU every year moving forward. So that part's kind of fitting. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, yeah, you're going to be playing OU. I mean, to play Oklahoma State, you didn't play them during the regular seating season. And, you know, you, you've got the screw job from them a couple times over the last couple of years anyway. And who's to tell what can happen this weekend? Just make it so it, it doesn't happen. Do the same thing you did to Texas Tech, that the officials have nothing to do with the game except for throw a couple lame flags here and there, you know. And the ones that you get, you probably deserve illegal procedures when you flinch and do stuff like that. That that's not those aren't flags of hey, the official. What what are they seeing? When guys flinch, they flinch, and that's a legal procedure. Now some of the other stuff, I mean some of the, and plus some of the stuff that's going to home going on in the Oklahoma State game with Texas <laughs> is just it's just as weird as weird can be. Some of the weirdest games I've ever seen in college football, you know, with officiating happened in this game. Don't let it happen to you in the championship game. You have to take care of them, just like you did last week. There was nothing the officials could have done last week to help Texas Tech. They were getting assed, I mean, all over the place. They, there's nothing. They could have dropped the flag every other play. It wasn't going to help that group. It just wasn't. They just weren't good enough. And I don't think this group is good enough. They've, they've escaped some games where they've come back in the fourth quarter. But talent-wise, I, I, I truly think Quinn Ewers, whether he's coming back or going to the NFL – this is a huge this is a huge show for him in a championship game. I really do. Yeah. 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 Look, I think Texas is getting Oklahoma State at the perfect time, right? There was obviously a stretch in the middle of the year where Oklahoma State was one of the hottest power five teams in the country. Uh they've had such a weird year, right? They they got yeah. blown out at home by South Alabama in the non-con. And they started 0-1 in conference play, and everyone's just like, oh, Oklahoma is this State. The same not- South Alabama that got just driven all over the field by Texas State last week. Did that happen? Yes. Okay. Then I guess so. I was wow. not locked into USA versus Texas State. Apologies, Bobcats fans out there. You should have been because I, you know, I keep my eye on Texas State football because you don't want to happen to roll into them in some bowl game or whatever. Well, I know for years, your, for years, your biggest bet was betting against Texas State every Saturday. So I don't know if you're still doing that. If you're still doing that this year, it ain't working because they had a spectacular year under or GJ. Bowling. Going bowling. Going bowling with seven wins. Pretty damn impressive. Get them on the schedule. I want them on the schedule. I Thank thought you were scared of them. You're, oh, talking, I want them in the- you're talking about Texas State like they worry you more than Oklahoma State does. You see what they did to Baylor? Come on, man. You see what we did to Baylor? <laughs> I need Texas State in that 11th game in the SEC. You know how they have that whoever Alabama plays? I don't know. Sisters of the St. Mary's or whatever they play in the 11th. We need Texas State week 11. Now, see, Texas State is too good for that game. Ooh, we gotta play some, the men, huh? We got to play some FCS team. We could play Texas State early in the year, but if Sammy Houston, how's that? No, they're in the FBS now. So they're also too good. What? Yep, those are the rules. I don't make the rules. I want to play Lehigh or Lafayette or somebody. That's Louisiana Lafayette. You're talking no. about Lafayette College? Yes, in Eastern Pennsylvania. We'll play them. We're not playing them in Easton, Pennsylvania. No, they're coming here, of course. (laughs) We're not going to Easton. No, never. Uh, They played a middle school stadium up there. 
Worse. Yeah, worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I don't even know where the hell we were going with this. Um, we were talking about oh, perfect time. State. Perfect time to play Oklahoma State. Yeah, yes. they, they, they had that bad loss to South Alabama. Then they got real hot. I mean, they beat KU. They beat K-State. They beat Oklahoma in the span of like a month. They had that long winning streak, and it's like, oh, shit. But then the UCF game happened where wow. Oklahoma State got punched in the mouth. I mean, and that's an understatement. They lost that game 45-3. to It was never competitive. And I know the Pokes have won their last two games, but look at who they've beaten. They've, they won against Houston, who just fired its coach. They were down early in that game and needed a comeback to get the job done. And then, obviously, they needed two overtimes to beat BYU – who finished the year five and seven BYU was playing with a backup quarterback. That game was in Stillwater and yeah, BYU was up 24 to six at halftime. So it, it feels like, like, I don't think Oklahoma state's as bad as they were at the beginning of the year, but that team that beat a lot of the other top teams in the big 12, I don't think they're there anymore, Buck. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I, I just, I don't see them throw the ball well enough. I, I just see them being kind of one dimensional and praying that Ollie Gordon has one of those magnificent games where they get on a roll and now you can't stop the run. But they haven't played a defense like this. They haven't played a defensive line like this all year long. They have not played, except for, I don't know what what Central Florida was drinking that day, but uh, only scoring three points. But they haven't played a defense like this, not a defensive front like this. Ollie Gordon hasn't run against a group like this. No, nobody's run against a group like no. this. And this has been one of the best run defenses in all of college football. It's been and, one of the best run defenses and run games in college football, too. Yeah. It's been fun to watch. I mean, it this is this is where you watch. this is where you build your team in the trenches. And this and this Texas group is starting to mature in a lot of ways on both sides of the ball, which is which is good. But I think Texas makes its hay against Oklahoma State in the air. Mm. And just Quinn yours has, you know, whether it's his finale or not or whatever he's doing, you know, I it's just it'll, – it'll be interesting to see. But I think Sark has a, a really huge advantage throwing the ball against his secondary and yeah, his defense. Oklahoma I mean, you know, they lost, they lost their big-time coach on defense to Ohio State. That guy was – was it Nolan? Knowles. Coach Knowles, yes. I mean, he was, he was fantastic. I mean, they're still – they struggle a little bit defensively. Yeah, I mean, they're 10th in the Big 12 against the run, and they're 12th in the Big 12 against the pass. So, yeah, okay, that's Texas, not good. Texas Tech's defense was statistically better than Oklahoma State's, and we saw what Texas did. Now, a lot of what the Longhorns did came because of defense and special teams. It wasn't the greatest offensive output Texas has ever had, but they still ran it for 300, and they still ended up scoring damn near 60 against a defense that graded out and ranked better than the defense that they will see this weekend. But I'm glad you brought up Quinn Ewers because Quinn Ewers has played Oklahoma State one time in his career, and it was one of the worst games of his career. Mm-hmm. Texas lost in Stillwater 41-34. to And that was with no- Coach Knowles was there, correct? He was a mm-hmm. defensive coordinator. Yeah, I believe. I don't know. Knowles I, has I, been, been at Ohio State now for two years or three years. Well, if it's it doesn't matter if it's two years. That game was last year, so yeah. I don't think Knowles was a part of that game either. No, he but, was not. Yeah, Quinn Ewers had three picks. He also – I looked this up to make sure I remembered it correctly. Quinn Ewers against Oklahoma State in 2022 had 14 overthrows. That was the most by any quarterback in FBS college football in the last three seasons. He was awful. And Texas actually had a 34-24 lead late in the third quarter of that game. 
So a lot of Texas fans, myself included, were like, hey, uh, let's try Hudson Card, please. Because it's clear that Quinn just doesn't have it today. Can we make the move? But Texas was winning. So Sark decided to not make the move. He stuck it out with Quinn Ewers, and it turned out to be the wrong decision because Ewers threw a couple of fourth-quarter interceptions, and Texas ended up giving up 17 unanswered points and lost that game by a touchdown. So that was, I mean, the TCU game and the Oklahoma State game, the two worst games of Quinn Ewers' 2022 season, probably the two worst games of his career. Uh, Obviously, revenge should be on the mind for every Texas player because of what happened. But for Quinn especially, man, a chance to get right against a team that gave him nightmares. And he's got a better receiving core now. He's They're even better now. Yeah, and he's way better. And let's hear from Sark, because Sark was asked about that. Hey, what has Quinn learned uh, from the last Oklahoma State game, and what makes him so much better now than he was back then? Well, you know, that that's part of the, the – games like that are part of the – the growing pains of playing the position, you know, when you get on the road and you get in a hostile environment um, and early on things are going your way and then things start not going your way for a variety of reasons. You know, in that game, we had a couple opportunities for some big plays and we didn't pass protect very well for him. Then we had a couple opportunities for some big plays. We didn't catch the ball very well for him. And then all of a sudden he misses a couple throws and those types of things can snowball on you. And I think the biggest thing that I've, I've learned, and I think Quinn has learned and that I've learned about him is his demeanor. When things at times this year haven't gone great, for example, you know, the interception Friday night when he was trying to hit the fade to, to A.D. Mitchell, I thought his, his poise, his composure really showed through uh, and he was able to come right back and, and still execute at a high level. A year ago, it might have been more of a challenge to to rebound from that type of a play. But uh, I think that, that he's learning how to respond to those things, to learn from them, and then put them to the side, and then focus on um, the next task, the next play, and what's asked of him. So I think there's a mental maturity side from him that uh, you've seen a lot of growth, a lot of maturity. You know, he is such a, a player's coach. I mean, he, he's not going to throw you near the bus. He's going to throw it. He's going to bring everybody in with it. The receivers didn't catch. The, the, you know, the offensive line didn't hold up enough. Quinn had a couple bad – no, Quinn had a lot of bad passes. People were screaming for Hudson Carr to come in the game. That was, that was a hard-headed coach that game. You know, and, yeah, those are growing pains, but those are growing pains that he did not have to have. I don't know if that's, that's that deal where he can always say, well, look at him from last year to this year. Well – Hell, he's a year older. He's a quarterback. He's been playing that position for a long time. He better not overthrow 14 guys in a game anymore, no matter what. That, right. that Whether that's the experience or not. Yeah, the experience of playing shitty should make you better the next time. I mean, but that guy will never let you let you know that a guy played shitty. Everybody else around him has played shitty with him. Yep. I mean, that, that's a good coach. That's good coaching. That's that's a guy that you, when you go to recruit, when you go and sit in a house and, and, and people – Remember back to when, when Texas didn't play well, when the coach had to come up and talk about players, he didn't throw them under the bus. He just we, – they all went under the bus. If one went, they all went. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, that's uh, – not many coaches – Not there's, there's some guys that are like that, but I believe he really means that deep down, and I, I think he relays that to the team. Other coaches relay to the players that you sucked. <laughs> I mean, I, I relate to my players – no, you sucked. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Ricky, but that game sucked. You missed that guy twice. You sucked. Oh, we can get better. We can get better at it, but
but it's nobody else's fault. It's not that guy's fault over there, you know. I wouldn't be surprised. That means I sucked. Well, a couple of things. Number one, you know, you coached like 80 years ago, so times have changed. What? Uh, I mean, oh, the kids have changed. Oh, oh, yeah, you you can't tell the kids they suck anymore. Number two, like there's a chance Sark is talking trash to these kids when he's not in front of a microphone. Like, I'm sure he's like, you effed up. You need to be better. I'm sure he's actually coaching these kids. He's oh, just, I'm sure at practice because the head yeah. coach just walks around. He gets right beside him and whispers stuff in their ear like, that sucked. Exactly. That, good. that was I saw that same thing in the game last week from you. Can this you team, this team would not be 11-1 and one with a road win over Alabama if Sark never said anything bad to the kids. If Sark never said, hey, you suck, you need to be better. He just does a good job of putting on a front to the media and he protects his players and, and players like that, right? Like, yes, they do. He said well, he's a player's coach. Yes, there, he is. There's a reason they're called players coaches. It's because players like coaches that uh, have their back and Sark clearly has this guy's backs. Well, and the players know they suck when they suck. Yeah. They got it. Yeah. Absolutely. They don't need the head coach to tell them that's what the assistants are there for. Those are the guys that go in the meeting room, shut the door and tell you what you really like. Mm-hmm. We'll try to no. get it better. But on that occasion, wasn't about that guy, that guy, or that guy. It was about you. Hey, we can say it. Quinn Ewers was awful in the game against Oklahoma State last year, but he's clearly a lot better now than he was back then. So, and this offense, I don't think the receivers are much better too. Yeah, yeah. yeah like They're last good. year, you know, CB asked it earlier. Were those fourteen overthrows all to Worthy? It just felt like Texas was trying to force feed Xavier Worthy throughout that entire sure. game, and that was kind of an issue with the Longhorns throughout a lot of 2022 they just they didn't have a super reliable second wide receiver option that's obviously not the case this year like ad mitchell is a true number one receiver so yeah no ewers is better himself but yeah he's got more guys to throw it to this offensive line is good the run game is really good like this offense this team is obviously a lot better than it was last year so that's gonna help quinn ewers not repeat what he did the last time he played the pokes absolutely and and yeah and yeah he remembers that game believe me of course he, he doesn't you're not going to forget that game and i like the fact that you didn't get a chance to play him during the regular season now you play him in a championship game no i didn't i i i i would favor texas over oklahoma but i did not want to play them again i'm not like one of the fans that would say oh we want you know we want redemption no 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 you'll be playing them every year from this point on they're not going anywhere they're 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 not they're in the same conference with you they're still your rival you're going to get a chance to you'll get a chance to go up to the fairgrounds and, you know, spit in their popcorn next year and the year after or whatever that that's not going to change. But this one is one that you really, this is the one, this is the one you want. I don't want to play that. I wouldn't want to play that quarterback again from Oklahoma. I would have no problem playing him. I think Texas would win. Um, But you've got a better chance to. This one's not as good. Yeah. You've got a better chance to dominate Oklahoma state than you did Oklahoma. Like, I would pick Texas to beat OU if they played again, but it'd be, I don't know, a touchdown? Yeah, it'd be like, do you want to play Georgia just for the fun of it? No. Well, well, hold on. We're not putting Oklahoma on Georgia's level, are we? I'm not putting Oklahoma. I'm just saying, it's just like saying, well, I'd rather play Georgia just so we can prove how good we are than to play Oklahoma State. No, I'd rather play Oklahoma State. That's, That's their problem if they don't play well, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see the argument. Uh, I said it last week. I'd I'd rather play Oklahoma State just because I want to win the last ever matchup against yeah. every other Big Twelve team that's sticking around. Well, so. that's the case. Yes, and plus, 
you want to you still want to play a team that you don't think is as good as Oklahoma, wouldn't you, for a right. championship? Right, and they're not as good. Yeah, look, I I don't know how much of a factor Texas's opponent in this game is going to be for Texas's chances to make the college football playoff. Like, right. even if they were playing OU this week, they would still need to win, and they would need Florida State to lose to Louisville. Right. So I, I don't know how much of a difference it would make. I mean, technically, the resume would be better if you can avenge your only loss, and Oklahoma's a higher-ranked team than Oklahoma State. So that would be a higher-quality win in the eyes of the college football playoff committee. But I think the situation for Texas would be the exact same, regardless of if it was Oklahoma yeah, or Oki Lights on Saturday. So uh, maybe it doesn't matter a whole hell of a lot. Now, okay. that, let me ask you this, PK. In the, uh, that, I mean, when you were giving the injury report, did you say anything about, you said Xavier had a, Xavier where they had, what, he's the one with the hip pointer? Oh, no, it's, if the running back has the hip pointer, Xavier Worthy's knee is okay or he didn't make the list. Good to go. He good made go. the list. He made the list, but um, Sark said he's good to go. Great. So that's uh, obviously a very good sign. You need – you want all hands yeah, on. Yeah, I may that. have to call on him for a punt return this week maybe. Oh, is that right? Uh, too soon. Can't do that okay. on a Tuesday. Okay, you did call a punt block last week. And your, that was a good your, one your too. success rate. Yeah, your success rate has been pretty high on calling punt returns and punt blocks. Better than my 5,000-unit picks? Yeah, your 5,000-unit picks have been garbage. Wow. So, yeah, you. Uh, I don't know if we ever gave the people an update, but you lost another 5,000 units over the weekend. So, But I had a chance to lose how much? 15,000? Uh, you had a chance to lose 20,000 if you Ooh. missed all of your games. So, I guess, congrats, you only lost some money. You didn't lose all of your money. So we but, still there is still a Christmas. No, there's not. There's not. There's no Christmas. There's what no about honor. second semester? There's a second semester of, of college for some. From no. some, some kids are going back to tech. No. Uh, well, that's usually because of grades, not because of money. <laughs> or they don't go back, but they're going to be struggling out there. And you know, we've got an early Hanukkah. You've got time before Christmas. Of course, Christmas is on the. 25th this year, I believe. Yes. Uh, Every year. year. Sort of like your winter call on the 21st. Well, winter is sometimes on the 20th, so it's not the same Oh, it's on the 17th this year, though. Christmas is uh, on a Monday this year, for those curious. Uh, Hanukkah starts early. It starts on December 7th, which is next Thursday. You're running out of time to take care of the Jewish kids out there. Because as of right now, they're not going to have any gifts under the Hanukkah bush because of your shitty 5,000 and 10,000 unit place. Hey, let's get it all back this week, my brethren. We'll get it all back this weekend. How's that? My brethren. The second, the second is Saturday. We will have it, we'll have it in your pocket. All and right? I, I will fight you in Arlington if you make Texas a 5,000 unit play. Not, not doing it. Don't, don't touch the Texas games. All right, thank you for that. Maybe the Texas State, but not the Texas games. No, thank don't you. touch that. Don't touch that in any of the sports, except for swimming, where I know they win. Yeah, volleyball is usually a safe bet, too. Yeah. Uh, no. but swimming and diving, yeah. No, for sure. Eddie, Eddie Reese doesn't let you down. All right, uh, some more shout-outs to uh, some more of our great sponsors, Buck. How about Texas Orthopedics? If you're seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact our good friends at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement. If you need that knee replaced, that's the place that you want to go. 
Say hello to Dr. Christopher Danny and Dr. and Dr. Christopher Stockton. They're both dedicated orthopedic surgeons, and their goal is to get you back into good health and to give you that great quality of life that you deserve. Texas Orthopedics is the largest orthopedic independent orthopedic uh, specialist in the state of Texas. For more information, go to txortho.com. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Texas Orthopedics. And uh, how about a word and a little jingle from our man Tom McKay over at AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and all of us at Audiovisual would like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. This time of year can get a little hectic, so we want to remind you to relax, enjoy the season with your family and friends, and give us a call for all your home entertainment needs. If you save the time you spend in traffic and big store crowds, you'd have more time with the people you actually enjoy. So smile, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and cheer the game with your friends. Call us at 255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 or online at AV Consultations. Thank you, Tom. Mm-hmm. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate that for sure. Yes. I saw Olipop and HEB yesterday. They had a whole shipment. They had their own kind of case now. They're bringing up, you know, their their advertisements. They're bringing their own little case into the HEBs. And they had all the flavors, which I'll be picking up to take up to Arlington with me and yeah. leaving the Coca-Cola behind, leaving the red can behind in the dust because I don't need that because it doesn't have any good stuff in there for me. I mean, I saw what it does to a battery. How you can clean a battery with that stuff. So I wonder what that can do to my innards. You know what I mean? Yeah, what You were watching what Coke did to a battery? Were you doing a kid's science fair project or something? No, somebody always pours that. Every time that somebody does something with a battery, they always pour some little Coca-Cola on your and say how we can clean that. That's how much that stuff. What does that do to my my delicate innards? It has to be screwing up my innards, you know? Yeah, it's not I, good for you. Can't be. But Olipop's got the seven ingredients that I need. I need the fiber. Yep. What do you mean? At my age, I can use the fiber. Nine I grams. Really nine grams of fiber in every can of Olipop, only two to five grams of sugar, very few calories, but you still get that same great soda taste. It's uh, amazing what they've done. These people are miracle workers. Finding a way to create a great tasting soda that's actually good for you. Uh, it's insane how it works, but it works. And I'm glad that it does. Shout out to Olipop. Yeah, you can get it at HEB, like the Buck said. You can get it at Walmart, at Target, at Costco, Whole Foods, wherever you buy your groceries. You can find Olipop on the shelves. Boy, by the way, I did go to Costco You know, when I was doing the stuff for the homeless on that Thursday. I went on Wednesday, BK to Costco and the kiosks were wide open and those people were having a field day. You know, those kiosk people that go by there several dozen times and they call it lunch at Costco. I'm like, wow. How do you get so mad at people for eating free samples? That's why they're there. They want them to be eaten. They don't want them to come back, go down the aisle and circle back like a vulture and come back again. Stop it. What do you That's mean? not your lunch break. It's not lunch break. Go over here and buy a slice of pizza from them. Well, you're already spending a bunch of money there, so they can hook you up with some free food. That's the point. And I then they even... want you to buy those products. It's like, oh, the sample. Oh, this is so good. What is this? I'm going to go buy it now. That's that's the deal there. No, they were going by and loading up those little couplets or whatever those things are. Oh, what'd they have? Couplets. Oh, well, yeah, the little wrapping that they're in. Oh, yeah, like, come on, yeah. man. I, I got to come back again. I'm going to circle around, come back. I'm almost done with lunch. It's almost time to go back to work. You never get samples. I don't. I don't do kiosk samples. No. Wow. There's nothing. I, there's not. No. 
I'm not adventurous like that. I, I don't want to take that little thing and stick it in my mouth. No. Uh, well, based on some of the things you've said on this show, I'd I beg to differ. Uh, what if it's meat? You talked about putting meat in your mouth earlier today. You said you love doing that. They don't that. do meat samples there. They don't, they don't have raw meat or baked meat. It's always some kind of form of cracker or nuts. They always have some nuts in the little thing. They want you to down some nuts. They, they do that a lot. These? Not these, but those. They have mm. those nuts, and those people <laughs> keep going around and around. But the, uh, the United Nations uh, luncheon was jam-packed. I almost sat down. I, I saw a spot where I could have sat, ordered me a big old slice, because they have that extra thick slice of pizza. It's almost like two slices in one. That's a good deal. I'm not, I've done that one time, and I've never eaten a wiener there. I've never, I, I heard they have a good hot dog. And oh, you've good- never had the Costco hot dog? No, I've never had the Costco hot dog. Very good. Is it good, really? Yeah, yeah. hot dog and a drink for like a buck fifty. Hot dog. There's no Olipop. It's a. It's a soda. It's yeah, real but, soda, isn't it? Yeah, you can get a water though. Or okay, I mean, I I got to do a hot dog because I I like a good. You know, when I go to the ballpark, that's the only time I have a hot dog is if I go to a, a baseball game. No yeah. other game. No football. No other. No other. You know, like if I go to a high school game, I've got to have the Austin, the AISD uh, nachos. You know, oh. straight up great cheese with the chips. You know, the yellow as yellow can be. Government. In there. Oh, government cheese. It's not yep. government cheese. That's good stuff. It's the best. Nachos at the high school games are the best. And I love when you see the family passing the nachos down, and there's a little kid just got his hands out of his nose and sticks his hand into the to the nachos and the chips. I, I love those family gatherings at those games when they pass the chips around. But I'll do a not. I've never, I've never done a hot dog, but hot dogs are for the ballpark. Strictly. Yep. Never done a hot dog. Yeah, they uh, they just taste better at the ballpark, though, don't is they? Is that what it is? Maybe that's just what it is. That's why I only that's and I don't eat like nuts. You know, like people like to eat peanuts at the ballpark. I don't do the peanuts stuff. Throw the shells down. Now, I've done that once or twice, but it's not it's not a thing at the ballpark for me. Now I have this, I've just it. been the helmet. Yeah, and then you poured it on your head. <laughs> I threw it out and passed it back up. And my buddy put it back on his head. Oh, your buddy put it back on his yeah, head. I did not put it on my head. I would not yeah, do that. It's the grossest story. I had hair time. at that time. I had I didn't I didn't have this. Mm. I had hair. I would maybe you, maybe you should pour pee on your head. Maybe it'll make your hair grow back. Maybe. Maybe that's what you're missing out on. Hey, I'm like Mikey. I'll try it once. Mm. God, Costco. Yeah, there's that old family guy bit where Peter Griffin is going through <laughs> Costco. And he just shows up with a different disguise every time he walks up to the. <laughs> he's got like a mustache, got like a top hat. He's got a different accent. And the guy working there is like, dude, you can have as many as you want. You don't need to pretend to be somebody else. So funny. Oh, no. So, oh, no. I saw the one lady. I was telling the one lady went from one kiosk to the other. She worked at a kiosk, but she wanted to sample something else. So she left her station. And I don't know. I mean, in the military, if you left your station, you'd be a deserter, right? So she left her kiosk to go to another kiosk to pick up some samples. And then she went back to hers like five minutes later. Hey, don't think I didn't see that. I was eyeballing, you know, because I'm there to eyeball everybody at Costco. It's like going to the airport. Yep. You know, it's a fun place to people watch.
It is. It is absolutely. It was absolutely great the other day. I just can't believe you went the day before Thanksgiving, dude. That is my nightmare. I, I already don't like the grocery store that much because of all of the people. But you went on like the busiest day of the year. It wasn't that bad. It must. They they're probably saying we're not going there. Dude. We're getting our stuff done on Monday or Tuesday. If this stuff goes bad by by Thanksgiving by Thursday, so be it. Somebody's gonna have some rotten shit to eat. But. I went the day before, and it wasn't that bad. Like I said, there was a seat there at the United Nations lunch encounter. I mean, it was great, but I I, I just passed it up, and the pizza looked delicious there. It's I mean, good. It's, it's not 7-Eleven pizza, but it looked good. Yeah, it is good. Shout out to 7-Eleven. Nothing's better than that pizza. You know, I go I go through I go through those little those little squares. I go through about three of those. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I Pizza, love nachos, hot dogs, the rotisserie rollers, <laughs> the Olipop. They've got everything at 7-Eleven. We love our friends at 7-Eleven. Somebody took my hard copy. Oh, no. They only yes, have they, one. I, went, because... they did, they, I mean, I didn't have the specialty one put behind the counter for me. I went up there and there was nothing but the Dallas Morning News. And who the hell wants to read that shit? No, thank you. What's wrong with the Dallas Morning News? No, it's not. It's not as informative as the Austin American State. I don't read any of it, so I shouldn't be trying to defend the Dallas Morning News. You get on your computer. You don't like the hard hard copy. You don't want to walk around with that paper underneath your arm like you're important. Hey, Mike Gundy taught me from a young age. That's why I don't read the newspaper because it's garbage. (laughs) It's garbage. That guy is. That guy's going to be in Arlington. Uh, That mullet head. Really? We might have to we might have to play that whole speech at some point this week in oh, honor of uh, playing Oklahoma State on our way out the door. That forty year old or seventy year old or whatever he is, mm-hmm. yeah, fifties I think now. Hey, before we get back into the um, Big Twelve Championship game and talking more Texas and Oklahoma State, we did get some dates for the twenty twenty four. Texas football schedule. Now, we've known for a while who the Longhorns are going to play and where, right? The uh, 2024 SEC schedule came out a couple of months ago. So we've known the opponents, and we've known who's going to be here in Austin and who Texas is going to have to play on the road. But we actually got a few dates that were announced yesterday. Not the entirety of the schedule, but uh, a number of notable SEC matchup dates were revealed yesterday. And three Texas games now have actual dates. So the game here in Austin between Texas and the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs, maybe they'll be the three-time defending champs here in a couple of months, that will take place on October 19th. That is two weeks after the Red River shootout. That is also the weekend of Formula One. What? Book your hotels now if you're trying to be in Austin for that weekend. Texas hosts Georgia the same weekend as the Grand Prix at Coda in 2024. Yeah, so I'll have to get to Mr. Epstein and find out who's the entertainment for that Sunday. We'll, we'll let you know who that is before anybody else knows. There we go. That's what we do here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But kind of a middle-of-the-year game for Texas against Georgia. That's the biggest home game the Longhorns will play next season. Uh, and we've got two rivalry games that have been announced for the Longhorns. Texas will play at Arkansas on November 16th. Okay. And then Texas will play in College Station against Texas A&M for the first time since 2011 on November 30th. 
That is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So a lot of folks were hoping for the return of the Lone Star Showdown on Turkey Day. We're not getting it, at least not next year. Uh, and no Black Friday game either. Obviously, the Longhorns have played on Black Friday, I think, every year since AM bolted for the SEC. Uh, Texas will play on the last Saturday of the regular season when they take on AM in College Station, once again, November 30th. Yeah, I'd love for that to be Turkey Day itself, that lone game in the evening. Uh, but that's okay. Saturday's okay. I mean, yeah. I may even prefer Saturday more so than playing on that Friday, actually. I, I want it to be a standalone game, um, selfishly speaking. And yeah. I, I want it to be on Thanksgiving, honestly. Sure. I that's, do too. that's what I grew up with. And obviously you've got so many houses that are divided in the state of Texas where you've got Longhorn fans and Aggie fans getting together on Turkey Day. And it made it extra special getting to watch that game at the end of the night. Uh, that's tradition. And I like the tradition. And I hope eventually they go back to playing on Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's annoying that it's on a Saturday, but I am glad that it's the last game of the year. Like I, I'm cool with that. At least they're keeping that part of it around. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that, they are. That that's at least on that weekend, that from yeah. Thursday to Saturday. That's that's okay. It's not the standalone though. That'll be there'll be so many games that weekend probably, of course. But mm-hmm. that's a tough one. I I'm, I'm like you. I'd rather have it on Turkey Day that evening when it's the standalone. I I love that tradition. Yep. I'm with you on that. So those are the three dates that we have for right now. Once again, Texas will host Georgia on October 19th. Texas will play at Arkansas on November 16th. I'm curious if Sam Pittman is still the Hawks coach for that game. Uh, A lot of Arkansas fans are hoping that he gets fired this offseason. Arkansas's AD already came out and said he's not going anywhere, uh, but that game relatively late in the season. So if Arkansas gets off to another bad start in 2024. Well, that, that got rotten on him in a hurry, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, they, weren't well, doing, he, they weren't doing a damn thing before that guy rolled in there. No, Well, they've had some good years, obviously. And he's kind of a victim of his own success, right? Yeah, he had a, a really good right. year one. I mean, they beat the crap out of Texas. Of course, the last time Texas and Arkansas played in Fayetteville, that was a huge win for them. And they were ranked. I think they beat AM that year. They were ranked mm-hmm. for the majority of either his first or second season in Vietnam. I'm and thinking then, they beat Alabama too that year. I think they? They, had, they had a hell of a year. Yeah, you're right. He had so much success quickly. And then the following year, and then things the third year just started going. You know, they started to just struggle with everybody. Trying to see if Arkansas has beaten Alabama recently, and it doesn't look like they have. But still, they had a good year. Uh, but, yeah, they've uh, they've fallen on some hard times as of late. So, I don't know. That's, that's the intrigue there. But it's cool that that game is coming back. Hopefully, the Longhorns can uh, play a hell of a lot better than they did the last time they played at Arkansas. But does that the Florida game? Florida game is in Austin, is it not? Florida game is in Austin, but we do not have a date for that one. So once again, not the entirety of the SEC schedule, just a few notable matchups. Um, some non-con games were announced, like Notre Dame will play at Texas A&M on August 31st. How about that for Mike Elko in one of his first games as Texas A&M's head coach, having wow. to take on Notre Dame. Uh Tennessee at Oklahoma, they announced that game. That's September 21st. LSU at AM, Alabama, LSU. Alabama at Oklahoma is November 23rd, pretty late in the season. So it looks like, I don't know, 10 to 12 games were announced by the SEC yesterday, or at least they were leaked by somebody who covers the SEC yesterday. So obviously the focus now is on 2023. 
hell, I hope Texas and Georgia play each other two years in a row, right? Uh, How awesome would that be? I hope we don't have to wait until next October to see that matchup because if we see it this year, that means we're going to see it in the college football playoff. Um, but a couple of dates for you. I know that was making the rounds yesterday. Well, that's, and that's great because there's a game at Michigan next year too. Yep. Those cheaters, they'll have all the signs by then. Well, speaking of uh, new coaches, yeah, obviously curious to see if Jim Harbaugh is still the man in Ann Arbor. Uh, we know he's not getting fired, but will he decide to bolt for the NFL or will the NCAA come crashing down on the Michigan program? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked earlier about coaches – the going elsewhere I, I i've got to believe that houston's going to make a call to pk i mean that that seemed like it would make sense why why wouldn't it to be their head coach why not i think they can do better i mean pk's done a good job but I, like they should be going after jeff trailer no well yeah i mean yeah that was that should be the first call sort of like it should have been for texas a&m i believe and it was i i think well, they did interview the, Jeff Trailer and opted yeah. to go in a different direction. There's no way Trailer turned down that job. The, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, I, I, no. Their separate way, but um, no, I don't, I don't even think he can. He can. I don't even think he can play that mind game with people that. Oh, I just wasn't ready. I didn't. I didn't really want that job. I don't think he can play that game. Hmm. No, yeah, I don't think PK is going to be in the mix at Houston. I think they're going to try to get somebody with some coaching experience. Uh, uh, Willie Fritz was a name that was mentioned. He's been the coach at Tulane. Tulane a while he's done a really really good job there yes uh and there was one other coach that had his name mentioned there were three names that i saw early when talking about houston uh pk was not one of them they were all head coaches i think so okay um yeah i don't know i don't know if pk even wants to be a head coach our guy jake says pk is staunch about not wanting to be a head coach so oh, maybe that's good news for texas it's pretty nice that we're about to be through three years of having a defensive coordinator and not everybody wants to fire said defensive coordinator. That's true. It feels like it's been a long time since uh, we've had that happen at Texas. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, maybe PK could get a head coaching job somewhere, but I don't think Houston's going to be interested in him. They want to go for somebody bigger. He just paid a pretty stiff buyout to Dana Holgerson to get rid of him. So uh, Tillman Fertitta is pretty impatient. He wants to win and he's willing to open up the pocketbooks to try to win. I think they'll uh, try to swing for, once again, a bigger name than PK. We shall see. That'll be interesting to see. I mean, if they're swinging for the fences, they're going to have – it's going to – I mean, they've got a lot of money. But, boy, who's willing to, to, to take that move? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Jeff Trailer wants that job. Like, it'd be a, a better job because the Big 12 is a better conference than the American, and it's easier to win at Houston – than it is at UTSA and Houston's one of the biggest recruiting hotbeds in the world. Yes. So uh, Houston, I mean, we've seen Houston be really good in recent years, right? Like when Kevin Sumlin was there, they had a couple of really good years. We talked about Tom Herman's time at Houston yesterday. They obviously had a couple of really good years. Like it, you make been, that a consistent thing. I mean, recruiting wise, if you, if you know, if you, if you hit the jackpot, which you can in that area with about four yeah. or five incredible players, I mean, is it going to be an every year thing for you there, or are you you're going to win one year and then you're going to have some down times for a couple of years? I don't. Well, I, the problem I, the problem with Houston is they lose all of their coaches. Like I, I think someone would have had consistent success if Andy oh, yeah, didn't hire yeah. him. I think Tom Herman would have had consistent success if Texas didn't hire him. So that's their issue. Is like they've just been a stepping stone job sure. for too many people. And you know, if if uh, a bigger conference school. I know it's great for Houston that they're in the Big 12, but obviously the Big 12 won't be the same without Texas and Oklahoma no. if a bigger conference school comes after 
whoever Houston hires next, then they're probably going to lose that guy too. So that's, that's been the issue. Like you can, you can build that program and have some success. It's just, they haven't been able to keep the guys who have done that. Yeah. It's a stepping stone job. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I, I think trailer would consider taking it. UTSA is doing whatever it can to keep trailer in San Antonio, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I do wonder if trailer is going to hold out for something a little bit better. Obviously A&M would have been a lot better. Uh, maybe Texas Tech, if something happens to Joey McGuire. Wait a minute. They're not better with Joey already. Oh, Is he just talking too much? No, they can't be. They, some I Tech mean, fans are done with him already. I had a couple of my buddies say, I'll pack his bags for him. No. Yep. He's a high school phenom. He's he's there for at least three more years. Give him three more. <laughs> Get rid of Joey McGuire. Everything runs through Lubbock. Everything runs through Lubbock. He, he gives a great that. speech. He does give great speeches. We do appreciate those speeches, by the way. Yeah, they don't work, but he does <laughs> give great speeches. Uh, way to go there, Joey McGuire. Uh, yeah, curious, obviously, to see what happens there uh, with a lot of these coaching vacancies. By the way, Oklahoma lost its offensive coordinator. We didn't talk about this yesterday because there were so many other things to talk about yesterday. But Jeff Levy, the OU offensive coordinator, took the head coaching job at Mississippi State. So the Longhorns won't have to see Jeff Levy with OU, but obviously they're going to the same conference as Mississippi State, so they will have to go against Jeff Levy uh, in the future. But Oklahoma is in the market for a new offensive coordinator. It means Art Browse can come on the sideline here at Mississippi State. Oh, Anything goes there. Yeah, in Stark Vegas. I think oh, Mississippi yeah. State would love to have Art Browse as its head coach, but uh, you know they won't do that because nobody's going to hire Art Browse at this point. But uh, yeah, I guess we could see Art Browse in Stark Vegas Moving forward, and Oklahoma nice. fans don't have to worry about that. I don't think OU's going to hire Art Bryles. I thought that's what you were insinuating no. at first. I don't think they want anything to do with that guy. But uh, the Sooners, yeah, in the market for an offensive coordinator. So we'll see where they go. Any right more there. info on the on the on this uh, Stoops deal? How that went down? And did he say mm-hmm. no, or did A and M say no? Did it, or- I've got to I've got to do some more digging. Um, I haven't seen anything publicly about exactly how that thing went down. I think the way you presented it yesterday was was on the money. As soon as they found out that there was a sniff that that dude was even interviewing at Texas A&M, they started hitting X and started going nuts and saying, there's no way you're bringing that guy here. That's not good enough for us. Yeah, I think that's what it was, man. I think A&M got cold feet, and I don't know if it was because of the fan reaction or if it was because the Board of Regents just never gave the approval, and maybe the second thing happened because of the first thing. Uh, Wouldn't be because he didn't win at Kentucky, that's for sure. No, no, he's the winningest coach ever there. Yeah, But, you know, I I get why people wouldn't want Mark Stoops to be the head coach at A&M. Like, that's not a huge name. And when you're hearing names like Ryan Day and Dabo Sweeney, which it appears that those guys were never super realistic options for A&M, uh, then you go all the way down to Stoops, not no. the sexiest, but I don't know. I mean, it would have worked like Mike Elko. If, if Texas A&M just hired Mike Elko from Duke, it'd be like well, Duke. But because Mike Elko was the DC in Aggieland, people actually know him and yeah. A&M's best year in a long time. That 2020 COVID season That's came right. because their defense was dominant when Mike Elko was the defensive coordinator there. So that's, that's why A&M fans are higher on this hire. It's because they know 
Mike Elko can have success in Aggieland. Different beast, of course, being the DC versus being the head coach. But a lot of the players in that locker room already have a relationship with Elko, which helps. Uh, Elko's already recruited some in the state of Texas, so he's got relationships. He'll be bringing that offensive staff with him. He'll be bringing the offensive staff, which they did a lot of things on offense at Duke. They weren't just a defensive team. Is that what they're doing? Do we know? Do we know that for sure? Yeah, they'll be they'll be bringing he'll he'll be bringing. I guarantee his offensive coordinator will be rolling back in here with him. I'd I'd go for somebody better if I'm Mike Elko because A&M going to let him spend whatever he needs to spend to get the right guy. Uh, you know, Tom Herman made that mistake. He just brought all of his friends instead of trying to go hire the best possible people, and he ended up having to replace a lot of his coaching staff within the first couple of years. I'm fine with that because that means A&M is struggling. So if A&M does that, that's cool with me as a Texas fan. But um, I don't know. I think if Mike Elko's smart, he's going to try to bring in a, a really big name. Oh, he's not bringing them all with him. But I think I think offensively they did some nice things offensively. Mm. That, I mean, I think he's he'll be in charge of the defense. You know, yeah, he'll, 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 he'll have his hands in that because A&M yeah. was pretty good defensively. Yeah, they were they were up and down. Some games they were really good. I mean, they just found different ways to lose every weekend. It felt oh, yeah. like it's that man. offense of theirs to just man. Their defense, their defense gave up a lot of like they they collapsed against LSU last week. They had a 10-point lead against the Tigers and blew that one. Uh they gave up a ton to Old Miss. Did they give up 400 yards last week to Dan. They gave up 400, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So they they were just they were bad all year in everything. Sometimes they look good. They obviously have a ton of talent, so it makes sense that on some Saturdays they were able to show up and some facets of the team were able to look good, but consistently they just they weren't there. And that's why Jimbo lost his job, and that's why Mike Gelko is there in Aguiland. So there you go. Random coaching musings here on a Tuesday edition of Bucky and BK. Uh, Buck, some love to some of our sponsors before we get back into this Big 12 championship. Folks, Relax Back embraces that holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle based on 35 years of proven expertise. And as I've told you many times, my back couldn't be happier. Their motto, live wellness. And folks, it's time for you to take advantage of some of the things that are happening over there. They've always got the wonderful Tempur-Pedic sales just for you at Relax the Back. And whether it's the pillow or the beds, You've got to go over there and check them out for yourself. And the comfort of the chairs are fantastic. My thoracic back reconstructed, and thank goodness uh, I've got one of these wonderful relax-the-back chairs, and they are fantastic. I'm taking a roadie with me. I'm taking the roadie with me up to Arlington so that my back feels good. So I'll make sure that I have the best chair possible for me over the next couple of days when I'm getting there. And you will, too. You'll love it. You'll love the Tempur-Pedic pillows that they also have. And you don't have to worry about waking up with that little kink in your neck. None of that stuff's going to happen to you if you go to relax the back. Two locations in BK at the Hill Country Gallery across from the Whole Foods. And in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck at relax the back. You know, I was watching Monday Night Football last night on the Four Letter Network. And I saw two commercials back-to-back. The first one was for Woods Comfort Systems. There you go. We love those folks. They've been in Central Texas for more than 60 years, providing the very best HVAC and plumbing services that you can find. So if the heater's not kicking on the way that it's supposed to, reach out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. The Buck has done that a number of times. They make sure his place is taken care of, and they can do the same for you. My wife just reminded me they'll be here on the 12th of December. There you go. WoodsComfortSystems.com is where you can find them. It's good enough for the buck. It should be good enough for you as well. And then right after that, 
Covert Bee Cave. Yes, indeed, folks. Covert Bee Cave, 42 acres of unbelievable products, cars, trucks, and SUVs. And the Covert family, where they've been doing it since 1909, folks. They've got a Covert Ford and Chevy in Hutto. They've got Covert Lincoln Ford right there in Austin. And when you get out to beautiful Bee Cave, how about seven brands? Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, of course. If you need your car service and you didn't buy it from Covert out there in Bee Cave, Bring it on out there. They'll service it for you. You don't have to go out to Bastrop or you don't have to go up north to 183. They'll do it right there in BK for you. Go to covertbcave.com for more information on the great sales, the weekly sales that they have. And when you're out there, say hello to Dan, of course, Mike, the general manager, Stacy, Jerome, the whole gang out there. And nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. Shout out to them and shout out to Syntex Tickets, too. If you're trying to get up to this game in Arlington on Saturday, you can buy tickets right now at SyntexTickets.com. 100% guaranteed, real deal tickets. They'll get sent right to your phone. All you have to do is log in on your phone, on your computer. Just go to SyntexTickets.com, and you can get your Big 12 championship game tickets right there on site. How about this text on the code of text line, 512-222-9328. Put some respect on Komal ISD, Davenport, Smithson Valley, and Piper, all with the playoff runs. Yes, we got the big game here, Lake Travis and Westlake on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yes, and that's in Pflugerville. Nice. In Shout out to all the Central Texas area teams who have made it this deep into the playoffs. Tremendous accomplishment, and we'll be rooting for you moving forward yes indeed uh, how about uh okay so somebody asked steve sarkeesian yesterday about the other college football playoff contenders not losing right like texas is obviously taking care of its business they've won every game since oklahoma but unfortunately nobody ranked ahead of texas is losing now ohio state lost of course but they lost to a team that's also ranked ahead of texas so that doesn't do the longhorns a whole lot of good uh here's sark talking about the other top teams in college football taking care of their business. Teams, um, you, you can see the grit and perseverance in some teams that got kind of pushed to the brink. Um, and, and a lot of teams found a way to win games. A couple teams didn't. Um, and now here we go into the next weekend. And, and what is this all going to look like? So um, I, don't, I don't know why I wouldn't think we're a college football playoff contender. Um, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, after the game Saturday. Uh, but we're in great position. Uh, but what I also know is we have to take care of our business like I touched on Friday. Um, we've got a huge game in front of us here Saturday, and, and there is there is no college football playoff talk if we don't play really good Saturday and, and try to find a way to win that game. And if, if that happens, then, then there's another discussion to be had. But a lot of people got to play. A lot of good teams got to play one another. And, um, you know, well, the, the dust, like I say all the time to the team, the, the dust's going to settle where it's supposed to. So – We'll see what happens. Yeah, he needs a lot of help. He, he he does. He needs Louisville to beat Florida State, and that can happen. That's 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 possibly. But Oregon, Washington, uh, Washington. I don't think this time around is going to get Oregon. Yeah, I don't know if it matters that much. Like I, I've already told myself that the winner of the Pac-12 championship is going to be yeah. in. Uh, considering both of those teams are ranked ahead of Texas right now. And I think it's BS that Oregon is ranked ahead of Texas, but because they are, and they really have been for the last month or so. And they've uh, been in that play of, playoff championship mode and they've won everyone on the way. Yeah. And they yeah, destroy, and look, and they they destroy get, teams. 
They have. They have. And they'll get the chance to avenge their only loss of the year, which matters. Right. And they're playing a team that's a lot better than the team Texas is playing, right? Like Oklahoma State, we'll see where they're ranked tonight, but they were ranked number 20 last week. Uh, Washington was ranked number four. So, obviously, Oregon has the chance for a much higher quality win this weekend than what Texas has. So, yeah, I, I think we're SOL with the Pac-12, man. I just I, I assume more than likely. Now, maybe there's a scenario out there where the Pac-12 champ does not get in. We can get to that in a second. Uh, but more than likely, I feel like the winner of that Friday night game is going to be in the Final Four. Yeah, and there, I mean, and, and the way, like I said, the, the way Oregon is beating up on teams and the way Washington is sliding by, uh, I mean, I like Oregon in that game. By the yeah. way, I think the, the winner of that game their quarterback will win the Heisman Trophy also. There's a chance. There's a definite chance, especially if it's Oregon, right? Because yes. Bo Nix Bo has been a lot better in the second half of the season than Michael Penix Jr. Yep. has. Penix put up gaudy numbers in the first half and is having a great year. I mean, Washington's undefeated, and they're playing for a conference title. He deserves a ton of love for that. But like you said, Washington's kind of been escaping in these games lately, and the offense has lost a lot of its luster. Felt like they were scoring 50 points a game in the first right. half of the year, and then really since that Oregon game, uh, they just haven't found their groove at all. So I think, yeah, if Bo Nix and Oregon win, I think Bo Nix is going to be your guy. I think Jaden Daniels at LSU should win the Heisman, uh, but because LSU has lost, what, four games this year, I mm-hmm. uh, probably won't even though it's ridiculous because it's supposed to go to the best player in college football. And I feel like he's been the best player in college football, but whatever. Um, How about this potential nightmare scenario? And you did bring up the possibility of the PAC 12 loser, not making it to the playoff. And I kind of contradicted myself. I said, well, I think the winner of Oregon Washington is going to make it and the losers out. But what happens if this happens, Buck sharing this on the screen right now? Okay. So, Michigan wins, so they're 13-0. Alabama beats Georgia, so they win. Florida State beats Louisville, they win. Texas wins, and Oregon wins. So you've got these five teams, plus you could throw Georgia in here. I know Georgia's no, not Georgia, on this graphic. They should be, because they'll be the ones that'll be in. I don't, like, what do you do in this spot? By Texas, by Oregon, here comes Georgia, the two-time defending champ. Is not going from one to five. They're going to stay at four probably. I know that sucks. It sounds like it doesn't make sense, but to me it does kind of make sense. Is there a chance that Oregon would be ahead of Florida State? Is there a chance that Texas would be ahead of Florida State? No, not with one loss. Now, Florida Florida State has had to. Now they're going to have to – they'll win two games with their backup quarterback, who's not that great. If they win those games – That'll be a heck of an achievement last week and this. Well, I don't. I can't call a heck of an achievement against Florida. Yeah, they beat a backup quarterback from a five and seven team. Like right. that's not an achievement. Beating Louisville, I guess, would be an achievement, even though we're talking about Louisville football. Yes. but you know they they did win ten games this year and they are playing for a conference title. So uh, I know no. I, I was doing some research on Louisville. I'm like. I don't know shit about them. That's that's the team we need to win. And I before last night, I couldn't tell you like two players on their team. Yeah, so, I think I, Texas is going to – whether they win or not, I think they're going to get left out. They're going to end up being five or six. It's uh, I, I don't think they're taking Georgia. Uh, I, the committee's going to look – once again, their job is to get the four best teams. That's that's their job. Well, Florida State's not one of the four best teams if Jordan Travis ain't playing. So that's that's why I ask you that question. Like, yeah, I, I just I, – I, I think just on on what they've had to do, 
to stay undefeated. That that's that's what's going to happen. You know, Texas lost. Oklahoma is going to crush them. Oregon's lost to Washington is going to going to crush them. But the one lost team, the two time defending champ, I don't believe is going to go from. I mean, it all depends on what Alabama. I mean, if it's it's going to be a, a, it'll be a good football game. It may not be that good for Alabama. That's that's the that's the problem because Georgia's liable to just hammer their asses this week. The line's the line's pretty close. The line's like five points right now. So uh, Vegas, I just don't see Georgia dropping from one to five. Well, what about? I mean, then you get into the Texas versus Alabama debate. Like you're going to put Alabama in, but you're going to leave Texas out, even though Texas beat Alabama by ten in their house. I don't like that anyway. I don't like I don't like them being in front of. I, I don't think they should ever jump in front of Texas on head-to-head competition. Exactly. That's that's why this scenario is so hard to figure out. Because, I mean, all five of these teams would have a strong claim to be in, right? Like Alabama, 12-1. and one, They win the best conference in the sport, and they are the first team to beat Georgia in three years. And yes. they're going to leave them out? Like, that sounds asinine. But then it's like, well, they their one loss is to another team that's in the CFP discussion. With one loss. And you're, you're going to leave that team out? They have the same record, and they beat – Alabama and you're going to be on the committee. That's going to be on the committee. The committee's going to tell you committee saying we do view uh, head to head as very important. And that that's, if it's last on the list, then, then Alabama should not be ahead of of Texas, even if they beat Georgia. Yeah. Cause head to head, you lost on that given day. You lost by double digits later and you lost at home. Everybody talks about all these close games that Texas has played. Like Alabama's played those two. They barely beat Arkansas. They won by three was ridiculous. Yeah. They, they obviously needed a fourth and goal from the 31 to beat an average Auburn team that got punked by New Mexico state two weeks ago. Um, They barely beat a and M who obviously fired its coach. Like just in Texas won. So that's like, there's, there's one obvious scenario for Texas to get in. And it's the scenario that every Longhorn fan should be rooting for this weekend. It's Georgia beats Alabama. So Alabama's out. So you don't have to worry about. Yes. Texas v. Alabama head-to-head, any of that shit. Michigan beats Iowa. You don't have to worry about that one (laughs) because Iowa's got no shot there. And then Louisville beats Florida State. Right. So if that happens, you'll have Georgia, you'll have Michigan, you'll have Pac-12 winner, and you'll have Texas. (laughs) There is a very, very clear path for the Longhorns to get in, and it's you need every favorite except for Florida State, basically, to take care of their business. And I know for the last month, we've been rooting for like every underdog in the world. But if underdogs start winning, then things get a little dicey for Texas. The only underdog that we need to win is Louisville Saturday night. Yeah, you need Georgia to beat, and you need Georgia to beat Alabama because Alabama yeah. is definitely gone. Exactly. Yeah, you, you don't make it with two losses. We've never seen a two loss team no. make it. And definitely this year. Uh, there will not be a two-loss team that gets in because there are too many one-loss teams. And there's still year. a question if Alabama right. does beat Georgia, but I just got a I got a feeling that if you beat the two-time defending champ in a in a conference championship game, you got one loss, even if it is to Texas that you lost to. <clears throat> they're not going out, and Georgia's not going out of the top four. Georgia's staying in, win or lose. I know. I I feel like they have to, right? Yes. They, they have to. I know they won't have an, a conference championship like all of these other teams will. But it's not about fairness. It's about getting the four best teams. And you've got to feel like Florida, I mean, Georgia, even though they would lose, yeah. if they lost Alabama, would still be the top four best team and one of the four teams in the nation. 
after three yeah. years of watching that group. So then who gets in, Alabama or Texas? You're, you're going you're gonna to leave Alabama 12-1 and one with the win over Georgia out of the playoff? Like, oh, my God. It's, it's Their a head mess. coach is Nick Saban. No, they won't leave them out. I know. Jason says, don't be surprised if Texas moves above Oregon tonight. Then they switch places if the Ducks win on Friday. I, I would be surprised if Texas jumps Oregon. Uh, obviously, Texas looked great on Friday. They won by 50. They did everything they needed to do, but Oregon beat a ranked Oregon State team. Oregon's been thumping teams every week. Yeah, they 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 beat them handily. So I, I assume Oregon is still going to stay ahead of Texas tonight, which pisses me off. They shouldn't be. I'm with you, Jason. But I uh, I think the Ducks will be ahead of the horns when these rankings come out later today. But I will say this. you, you When you said that without Florida State without their quarterback – I mean, that has to come into play in the committee's mind because if you're getting the four best teams, are they – I know they, they, they've escaped. They're still undefeated. But you only played one game without that dude, you yeah. know. But, and, and if they do win the championship, though, without that guy, hard to take them out being undefeated. They'll get in. I know. Yeah. And, and, and they'll get the four best teams, and that counts. An injury like that counts. I know. I know. But I, I can't imagine – them leaving Florida State out if they win on Saturday. Like Florida State, 13-0, and and they've won 18 straight going back to last year, and you're going to leave them out? Like, of course, they're going to get boat raced with Rodemaker, whatever that quarterback's name is. Yeah. Like if they're playing Georgia or Michigan with that guy, they're going to get pummeled. And the line for that game is going to be, I don't know, two touchdowns, if not more than that. It's not going to be worth watching. But can you – Fathom them leaving out a 13 and 0 power five champion. 14 and 0 group now. That's why I'm just like, yeah, no, that's if FSU wins, they're they're gonna make it and Texas might be shit out of luck. Yep. So yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, there are all sorts of scenarios that could happen this weekend. Uh if Iowa beats Michigan, Michigan's out, but you know, don't even hold any sort of hope for that happening because uh, once again, Iowa can't score, and you can't win in this sport without being able no. to score, Buck. Well, I, I, and the, the one is don't lose late. And if Georgia loses in the championship game, it's just going to be hard for me to think that Georgia's still not the top four teams in the nation, even if they lose to Alabama. Right. Or they, have to, they, have to get, they have to get asked, you know, against Alabama. Yeah. And that won't happen, right? If Alabama somehow wins, it's going to be in the last. Alabama beats them by two touchdowns. That doesn't even sound right, does it? (laughs) God, it just saying somebody beats Georgia doesn't sound right, and then you're saying by two scores. No, I mean two touchdowns. I don't mean by a field goal. I mean two touchdowns. God, yeah, no, that's That's the only thing that kicks them out of there. If they get pummeled by by Alabama, you know, it's be out. But if they just they're not, they're not getting pummeled, they're not no. getting pummeled by anybody. They, they, they wouldn't get pummeled by the Carolina. Anyone Panthers that's going to get right pummeled now. in that group would be Alabama. That's what it'll be. Yeah, I just you got to root for Georgia. Like we've been rooting for Alabama all season long. No, right, because you want that win for Texas in Tuscaloosa to look as impressive as possible. And it's great that Alabama won all of its other no, games. You want Georgia for, to win? Yep, they're playing for the SEC title. That's great because that win is held up. Remember when people in September were saying. This is Nick Saban's worst team ever, and they're going to go six and six. And oh, Texas right. ain't that good. Yeah, I, I keep receipts, people. Uh, that didn't happen, so that's good. 
But this week you got to root against Alabama. Yes, you do. You hope it's close, I guess. I guess you hope it's close. But Georgia, if they win, once again, they're in and Alabama's out. Absolutely. Just, you need your favorites except for Florida State. We're all Cardinals this Saturday night. They haven't looked that great to me lately. Oh, I, what sound does a Cardinal make? <laughs> yes, they're, they're not like they don't come clawing down. We're not talking about vultures. We're talking about a little, a little red bird. I thought my sound was more realistic than yours. Oh, no, I've never heard that from a Cardinal. That's not oh. what they do. So like, my, so like my Nittany Lion. <laughs> no. What the fuck was that? It was a Nittany Lion. I don't drop too many F-bombs on this <laughs> show, but what, what, what just happened? That was the Nittany Lion on Mount Nittany in Pennsylvania. What, what even is a Nittany Lion? It's a lion that, that lives on Mount Nittany, <laughs> where Penn State is. I don't know if you're kidding or not. Like, no, it's true. It's Mount Nittany. That's a type of lion. No, that's a, that's the place. That's where the that's where they get the Nittany lions from. Mount does that Nittany. Ma- does that make a different sound than a normal lion? No, that's the same. That's a normal lion. That'd be a normal your normal that, bobcat lion or feral that cat. Your, yeah, that, that was your normal lion impression right there. Yeah, sound like a duck lion. Yeah, Jake says you sounded like Donald Duck there. <laughs> and he's not too far off. Goodness gracious. All right, a, a quick word from our friends at Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Dr. Greg Eckert, extractions, teeth cleaning, teeth whitening, tooth loss solutions. He does all of that in general dentistry, but advanced work. Listen, I had my teeth restored in just two visits. I got these beautiful veneers. I want to thank Dr. Eckert for that. He and his staff. If you've got problems, if you've got dental anxiety, this is the place that you want to go for sure. Don't let your anxiety screw up your general health by messing with your dental health. And if you've got dental insurance, now is the time to use it or you are going to lose it. It's going to be all over for you. So make that appointment today with Dr. Greg Eckert at 512-345-3166. Now, if you're thinking of dental implants, give that some real thought because you can turn that frown upside down in just one day. Leave his office with a smile. He, he's been doing tons of those lately. Dr. Eckert is absolutely the very best. And as I said, if you've got dental anxiety, folks, please don't be afraid to go to the dentist. Take care of your health. You're going to love going to this guy. He does such a fantastic job. He's been doing it for over 28 years in Central Texas. Over 1,500 cases of restoring teeth. Believe me, 512-345-3166 is the place that you want to go. He's our dentist, and he should be your dentist also. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Doc U. Shout out to our buddy Brandon Mars over at Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipments. I'm getting it prepared for him. I'm getting it prepared to go over there and get my tiller. Till those fills. They've got uh, all the equipment you need for any job that you've got to tackle at your home or place of business. Of course, rentals is in the name. If you just need the stuff for a day, a couple of days, you can get it from Top Gun. But if you want to buy the equipment from Top Gun, they'll sell it to you as well. They've been 
Austin's number one source for rental sales and supplies since 1996. Two locations, one up north in Anderson Square, one on South First Street, down south. That checks out. Check them out online at topgun.net. They will shoot you straight. And a word for Altstat beer. There you go. Liquid gold, man. Like if you're drinking other beer, what the hell are you doing? Altstat's the only beer that you need to be drinking. This stuff tastes incredible. And their slogan is no impurities, no regrets. No impurities. They've got no preservatives, no additives, no sugars in any of the Altstat family of beers. It's only four ingredients that you're getting in every single brew. And no regrets means, well, you're not going to regret what you're putting into your system. But also, Buck, you're never going to have a regret if you drink Altstat beer. Those are the rules. Well, you might. You shouldn't drink it. But if you're a year drinker, you will not have another regret for the rest of your life if you drink Altstat beer. How about that for advertising? I feel like one of those billboards. Does advertising work? Just did. <laughs> the inflatable wacky tube. <laughs> Give me some all stat. Uh, God. <laughs> Those two men wish they could have the all stat, but they wow. can't. But you can get some at HEB Specs Twin Liquors Total Wine. Wherever you go to get your beer, you can find all stat beer. No impurities, no regrets. All right. It is 10 o'clock. I'm fascinated to hear from wags today because apparently there's construction going on at his house right now and there's a chance that uh the sound quality is so bad that i'll be sticking around to hang with rodney for the next hour so we'll bring the uh fellas from chaos theory on cool yeah I've, uh, they're live from 10 to 11. are they above your wags are they up to yeah, yours? They're, they're, they just i just asked them if they could turn the machine off but they can only do it for about 15 minutes so, so it, it keeps the moisture on the roof to kind of get the shingles or the the new shingles off and shit so we'll turn it off well, but that's this was going down on friday so you're used to it then a little bit yeah the, once the dog starts crying and shit that's when i i lose take, my yeah, I, know, dog and stuff. I know that feeling but if it gets too loud i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna put it on mute most of the time when rodney is is talking so rambling yeah can you hear that we, we see where the schedule football schedule upcoming schedule next year with some sec teams come at the same weekend as florida who's coming bk is it georgia georgia yeah the same yeah. weekend as formula one do i need yeah, to do you need to make reservations for hotels today that's gonna you know I, i'll tell you what i'm going to be doing buck i'm gonna rent my house out Ooh. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna leave town and I'm going to rent this whole house out and uh, make some money on that deal. I mean, I, I think that's uh, really the way to go. That uh, that's kind of asinine uh, to schedule that that way. That's going to be a mess. I mean, because it's it's like four hundred thousand people that come in for Formula One, um, and then hey, what a crowd! All the folks from from Georgia and the uh, and the Formula One people. <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll wow. be fun. Yeah, it's, I. Uh, um, I yeah. I don't know. I, I, I was thinking, I just built this home three years ago. I don't know if I can get people in here. I, I know we can make some cash, but we're far out in Dripping Springs, but people will come this far to go to Formula One or hang out. But I don't know. Can is, is that the same as buying Goodwill Jeans ass in my bed? <laughs> hey, you know what? All, all, you have to do, all you have to do, because I, I always laugh, you know, when, when people say about going to Coda for Formula One, it's like it's 15 minutes from downtown. I'm like, 15 minutes? Yeah. How the hell are you going? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. Because it ain't 15 minutes from downtown. So you should say that. 20 minutes from Coda, and uh, people will just dive right in. No, mm. that, this ain't 15 minutes where I live. Hell no. 
there are no back roads, but yeah, yeah I think I, I guess I can get ass out of my bed, right? I just throw the sheets away. Just throw generic sheets. Go to Goodwill and buy generic sheets. No, no. Put that shit no. on there, and then you throw them away after the guests leave. I mean, I'll go to I'll go to Walmart and get them, or somebody <laughs> will tell me there's a Kmart somewhere, and I'll get those paper ones. Kmart, I love yeah. it. I love it. Kmart, yeah. That's All right, good boys, one. you guys have a good one. It's time for me to smash Slam that bitch down. Boom! There it goes.